freaking company that makes these today and I hope I fix this we'll figure it out but in the meantime uh, ladies and germs like I said uh, please be uh, an adult if you need to be 23, 24, 25 wherever uh, your rule whatever your rules are where you are please follow your local rules because again we talk about pretty flowers it would be silly to get in trouble for something as innocuous as flowers wouldn't it uh, ladies and germs, please do remember that there is absolutely no way to get drugs from this show. I don't care about other channels. I don't care that other channels or other places have secret menus and everything else. This channel has no secret menus. There is only one menu available. There's a few new products available on the menu, but they're fucking legal. They're t-shirts and shit. So ladies and gentlemen, uh, there is no way for you to get drugs on this show. If you would like to report this show, go fuck yourself because there is, again, no way to report or no way to get drugs on the show. You cannot get it for money, not for money, for, uh, uh, I don't know, inheritance or anything else. You can't barter for it. You can't get it bequeathed to you. Ladies and gentlemen, there is no way to get drugs, no matter what kind of drugs they may be. If they're cannabis, uh, uh, freaking some other kind of drug, or even uh, uh, Tylenol, or even, uh, I don't even know, generic Tylenol or something. Ladies and gentlemen, I won't even give you generic Tylenol. That's how serious I am about this show. Uh, while I'm pulling up the fangs amused, we have to, we have to, we have to do this. We get fucking reported for the stupidest shit. But we were talking uh, uh, earlier. Fang doesn't have to be uh, explained about all the fuckboy shit he's had to deal with. So much of it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, why can't I find the? Of course, I'm very poorly prepared right now. There we go. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be telling you the things that we don't do on this show, up to and including. We out here dangerous challenges that we don't do. Many apologies, folks. I just got back from kayaking, and boy, are my arms tired. That was supposed to be a lot funnier. Anyway, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we don't do any extremely dangerous challenges on this show. For example, challenges that pose an imminent risk of physical injury are never found on this show. Neither are dangerous or threatening pranks, pranks that lead victims to fear imminent serious physical danger or that create serious emotional distress in minors. Instructions to kill or harm are never shown on the show, showing viewers how to uh, perform activities meant to kill or maim others, for example, giving instructions to build a bomb meant to injure or kill others. Hard drug use or its creation is also not shown in the show, content that depicts abuse of or giving instructions on how to create hard drugs such as cocaine or opioids. Hard drugs are defined, sorry, defined as drugs that can mostly lead to physical addiction. I always, uh, I almost always add the proviso that sometimes you'll hear people... Uh, uh, talk about stories in their past where they have interacted with drugs in one way or another. Please uh, assume that those are negative portrayals. Please do not under any circumstances emulate those stories. 
And please do remember that it's the position of Fumador the Flavors, Fumadoro, and literally everybody that comes on these shows that drugs are bad and you should never, under any circumstances, uh, consider those stories as something positive. Instructional theft or cheating is never shown. Showing viewers how to steal tangible goods or promoting dishonest behavior would never be shown on the show. Hacking is not shown. Showing, uh, excuse me, demonstrating how to use computers or information technology with the intent to steal credentials, compromise personal data, or cause serious harm to others, such as, but not limited to, hacking into social media accounts. And finally, bypassing payments for uh, payment for digital content or services, showing viewers how to use apps, websites, or other information technology to gain unauthorized access to audio content, audiovisual content, full video games, software, or streaming services that normally require payment. We would never discuss any of those things. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, please do remember that this show is completely and totally legal. The cannabis that we discuss in this show is legal under the 2018 Farm Bill. Any seeds that we discuss, for example, for sale or for a barter or anything else for trade, those are actually legal. Uh, those are legal basically everywhere we're talking about, all the different legal states, and honestly, they're legal federally because there is no THC in them. There's less than point something percent THC. You basically can't even find any THC on seeds. Therefore, under the 2018 Farm Bill and other clarifications, they are legal to talk about, to juggle in the air like a freaking uh, couple of oranges, whatever you want, ladies and gentlemen. There's nothing to be reported about the cannabis content that we're talking about. Thank you, Ryan, for clarifying. I probably shouldn't mention that we can just randomly grow hemp, but... uh, Hemp is legal in the meantime. But again, uh, most of the states or all the states that we are located in, uh, uh, Massachusetts, Michigan, Oregon, California, we are legal to talk about cannabis, discuss cannabis, grow cannabis in most cases, and so on. So please do remember that. While I pull open the the chat, (coughs) pardon me, ladies and gentlemen. While I pull open the chat here, let's uh, say hello to everybody. Uh, Let's do a brief intro, uh, Fang, and then let's uh, get into the meat of it after we say hello to everybody. Uh, Welcome, Fang. Cheers, buddy. Welcome. Cheers. Welcome. Uh, or wel- I'm glad to be here. Um, thanks for having me again. And uh, my name is Michael um, Fang, genetic designer, Gage Green Group. Um, you can find me on IG, Facebook, whatever. Uh, I've been breeding for uh, over 15 years and it's just been quite a journey. Um, everything I do is organic based and here to promote healthier living, healthier lifestyle through uh, natural farming and natural healing. So it's been my mission and you could follow the journey with uh, with us on IG at the real gauge green group.com or the real gauge green group. Cheers. Uh, Good to see you. Uh, Smash. Go for it, buddy. Cheers. (laughs) Well, of course, right. Cheers everyone. I hope you're having a good day. Uh, I heard Maryland has recreational. They're going rec tomorrow. It officially wow. starts or something. Uh, I gotta actually look into it a little bit. But yeah, cheers everyone. Little by little, this state legalized. Can't wait. Dude, heard the the most interesting news. Uh, the president of Ukraine was just saying that they should legalize cannabis in Ukraine. First of all, apparently because they should just do it, but also he was saying that it will help them heal from the trauma of the war. And I thought, what an interesting comment. Like I like that guy just basically more every single fucking day. Uh, he's been just a, a great leader, apparently, great even wartime leader and everything else. He's basically the Ukrainian John Stewart. Can you fucking believe that stuff? Like a comedian, and everything else. Anyway, but uh, just like John Stewart, he's apparently on the right side with weed. Uh, <clears throat> what's going on, Flora? Welcome, buddy. <clears throat> oh, you might be muted. Yeah, July 1st. Check this out. Hello. There you go. Me now. We can hear you. Look at that. 
When did they vote on that? Like, to tell you the truth, I thought, I thought Maryland was legal already. Oh, you know what? They might have voted on it, but it's becoming legal. That makes more sense. A lot of states are doing shit like that. New Jersey did something like that. They legalized, but they just never put anything in order. Mm. That's so annoying. This light sucks. Brown looks black. <laughs> All right. Cheers, Laura. Uh, yeah, yeah, just you know, uh, another day. I'm trying to get over some allergy stuff, so my, my throat's like not the, not perfect. So that's probably why I'm quiet. But uh, I'm here. Cheers. And by the way, I'm happy to report, I think my recorder works. I know you guys probably don't care, but I care. <laughs> it was really annoying. Like all of a sudden the fucking thing wasn't working. Probably I accidentally to toggled a freaking setting wrong. So honestly, I have no one, no one to blame but myself. But anyway, uh, cheers everyone in the chat. Awesome. Cheers. Uh, look at that. We got a bunch of new people in the chat or not new, but uh, uh, old faces back in the chat. Cheers, Elite. I think Elite uh, XX Elite XX. Uh, cheers, buddy. Good to see you. A long time to see. He's first in the chat. Look at that. Crime work grows in the house. Smokey Bear for. 20 dr dank 420 bud kilowatts already in the house cheers tommy tricombs long time no see buddy all the way from michigan uh, i wonder if uh, uh tommy has met uh, fang here smoky the bear i guess i just shouted out your name anyway uh, uh, welcome everybody fang uh as we get started uh, uh we were talking before the show um how do i how do i broach this i was very bemused and puzzled and freaking uh, honestly entertained at the same time kind of that uh, uh but also i don't know just like uh, all this freaking whirlwind of emotions because it's freaking ridiculous that cannabis to this day is still illegal in most places federally it's still illegal even though it's legalizing in state by state by state by state it's still nationally illegal and it could honestly by some unfriendly president frankly be uh, you know snatched away and everything else and yet the litigation around cannabis businesses in many cases is allowed because of course if you rip somebody off you can thankfully at least sue sue over that right it's very interesting to see that there are all these i don't know it's not a how do i say this it's not necessarily a positive thing you know i'm all joking right now but it's very interesting when you when you think about it that the litigation is legal but the cannabis is not i don't know what's your what's your experience been this last week basically with uh yeah the 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 courtroom side of cannabis sure yeah i mean i have a little bit of experience in it seeing that i'm in two two separate um trial trials with against um these are administrative hearings against the fake gauge we call them the phage um another word phage, another word for a virus uh, p-h-a-g-e just find it very amusing mm. but this virus is uh, actually it doesn't work look is essentially here to try to basically like pollute the beauty and the holistic um community that has been created here and i'm i'm combating it in trademark court uh what is interesting is that uh there's technically like some like you were saying that there was a little bit of uh confusion there i mean like people could sue each other but from what i've seen there's been a lot of you know, thievery and um, broken contracts and and bad deals being made in cannabis, uh, even in the legal world, because there's no oversight, there's no real protection, and it's very hard to sue people um, or to win in the court of law against um, like a big big corporation, you know, a trillion dollar corporation, and so essentially it's um a lot of 
a lot of the little guys have been, you know, hurt and railroaded and um, it's uh, quite unfortunate, but I actually see a lack of legal protection and a lot of people are just out there fending for themselves. They're actually just talking about, I think, passing some kind of law here where you can't renew your license if you owe, uh, owe un you have unpaid invoices. Because historically, like, if you're a big enough company here, um, you can just not pay your invoices. And so that's something that, you know, has to change and is... Um, you're talking about with metrics, like uh, legal, legal stuff? Legal, yeah, legal and legal, you know what I mean? But, but, but really in legal, yeah, like there's actually a lot of people who are um, getting away with just like corporate um, malpractice, I guess. It, um, and there's just no, there's no one to, there to stop them. Oh, yeah. By the way, welcome, Bud. Bud's drinking coffee, of course, out of a Grateful Dead uh, uh, mug. Looking sharp oh, there, bud. Looks like you got a haircut. It's an awesome yeah. puppy head. Right it's got a, it's got a little acid tab. In the, the <laughs> yeah. It looks good. Yeah, it. it's, it's actually my not bad to see, but it's like a sheet of acid yeah. with one hit missing in the corner, yeah. and then if you look at the bottom of the cup, that one hits at the bottom. Uh, there's a lady that makes these that made one for me. Yeah, cool. it's my prized possession. I've never put it, I've only washed it by hand, and then I never, like, if I go out of town, I stash it up in the cat cupboard Smart. because I don't want anyone to, like, oh, shoot, I broke your cup. Right. It's, like, my favorite things, and I use it about a dozen times a day, <laughs> drinking coffee. Yeah. I haven't, like, I used to have about five or six different mugs. I'd use them for different ones. I've had this a couple years now. Yeah, this is the only one I drink out of. <laughs> but yeah. uh, I'm going to be smoking just the last little bit of uh, one of my Saurons that I have. Wonder if you guys, uh, what are you guys are uh, smoking in the chat? Uh, Fang, we talk about a lot of uh, uh, what was I going to say? I wanted to ask you a little bit more about the the luxury cannabis and stuff when we, you know, a little bit later in the interview, maybe. But it was such an interesting subject. Subject, I guess. We hear these absolutely lunatic valuations. My apologies, I had to step away for a second, so I didn't hear all of what you said. But we hear these lunatic valuations, and you know, Bud actually has been saying. Uh, I think a lot of people know that the era of consolidations. I mean, there were a bunch of consolidations, but now there's a, bu a bunch coming again. And in this consolidation, there's going to be all this really. I don't know. How do I say this? Just absolute fuckboy shit, I guess, is the way that I kind of think about it. A lot of dishonesty, a lot of fakery, a lot of uh, backstabbing. Is that essentially, I don't know, from your perspective in cannabis, is that something that cannot be avoided? Or is that something that's just, I don't know, how do I say this? Is that just some of the negative players that have to be pushed out? or I don't, how, how should the rest of us kind of perceive all of that situation? Yeah, um, it, it almost seems like it gets worse. I, you know, I, I thought that the traditional, I guess, black market was was filled with thieves, but it kind of seems like the legal market is where that you can really get away with that kind of stuff <laughs> and, um, and openly and blatantly. Um, not a fan of I'm not a fan of the uh, culture in legal cannabis. 
Um, I think there's a lot of other drugs involved. Hmm. Uh, everyone's talking a little too fast. Flora and I were talking about that earlier today. We were actually talking about heroin, but you're right. When you go to any of the cannabis shows, there are a lot of people who are really hopped up on, let's just say, not cannabis. Right? Yeah, they're talking way too fast. What's that, Flora? Yeah, I kind of see it as like it's like two different cultures that kind of clash. There's this old guard culture where, like, from the black legacy market. And, and, and fortunately, a lot of the old school, like, legacy market players like the people that are like 60 plus years old that have been doing it for a lot of their life there's a lot of criminal aspect to that to that to that game and a lot of those people are anti-recreational mm. and and there's a set of them that, that do go into recreational and they're just fucking snakes right mm. because they've been snakes all their life they, they're like they're fucking they just know it and a lot of them are they have addictions to other drugs like i was telling you earlier like heroin and other shit and they use cannabis to fund that they're not really cannabis people Right. And then you got this other set of group, this other set where it's like they have nothing to do with cannabis or the plant. They hated it all their life. But now it's Glass a money grab and all that. Yeah. Fucking money grab. Right. Yeah. Hmm. Glass house. Right. The guy was a fucking cop. Cool. Right. Fucking busted people for that all, all his life. And then now he wants to be in the industry. It's like that's some, that's some fuck boy shit. Well, now, you know, there's certain rules in the traditional market, black market, outlaw life. Like one is your word is your bond. I mean, there's always bad people, but for the most part, oh, I would take traditional market people a thousand times over any of these legal market people. There, it seems like the culture of the legal market—it's money. Like follow the money, and when the money and the stakes go up, the fuckery goes up. That's just the nature, and it's not just cannabis, right? All right, you could probably go to microbreweries and find all these tales of fuckery when oh, oh the money came around and when the money was about to be made, you know, people got shady. It's money, money, money's a weird. It, it's a drug. Right? There's people. Uh, I don't know if they want to talk about it, but there's definitely people listening in who've run breweries and stuff because they've told me, you know, they manage a brewery here or a brewery there, and I bet you they have the same stories, honestly, because we've heard a lot of that kind of stuff here in Oregon. When you mention it, like as breweries get bigger and bigger, the money comes in basically from the outside, Anheuser or InBev or whoever basically snatches them up, and uh, if they don't want to get bought, basically they get crushed by some other competitor next door that does get bought. Yeah. And yeah. just like a common thing in cannabis, uh, they hire. You, you know, people to, you know, bring their skills. And then once they absorb those skills, they get rid of them and train somebody else that in, in the brew master game, there was probably many stories where yeah. guy set up the whole thing, worked his ass off and put his passion in. And then right the year that they were getting ready to get sold. Oh, they dump him off and, you know, go with a cheaper, you know, anything to avoid paying paying people out you know what i mean because that's how that money game works like it's easy to say you'd make the right choices but when all of a sudden you know whatever digits are in front of you yeah things get squirrely it just seems to be the nature of money i don't know about that yeah. people people get squirrely you know i think that they would have gotten yeah. squirrely no matter what but you're right you know money yeah. basically brings it out you know it's kind of like alcohol lowers people's inhibitions and stuff but i've always believed basically the people who become angry jerk-offs basically when they're drunk are actually angry jerk-offs i feel like basically in vino uh, veritas basically like in wine there is truth and i think cannabis the same thing i think it kind of un, un, un uh, uh well unveils i've met i i have some friends that 
No, they are really good people, except when they get drunk. And then they turn into something else. But if they're not drunk, they're a whole different person. So, like, yeah, alcohol is weird that way, right? I, in my opinion, I, I don't drink. I'm kind of anti all that. Because, yeah, most of the people I know that drink, yeah, it's, it's not a good thing. Hmm. You know, oh, the occasional. But, you know, people that drink to get fucked up, you know, like, yeah, they act ways that they would never, ever do if they weren't that way, right? I mean, still, that's, I guess, an argument for a different day. Uh, and, of course, it is a matter of opinion. We're not freaking psychologists here. Uh, yeah. The thing is that, I don't know, when we hear this kind of stuff, it is quite disheartening, especially for anybody who's in cannabis in any way or anybody who's considering it. We have basically everybody listening in. We have people who are new breeders, established breeders, beginner growers. We have everybody. Like, where is the future going? I mean, we don't have a crystal ball, but is it inevitably going to be just a bunch of fakes and fakes and... I don't even know, just basically uh, 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 bad actors, essentially, in cannabis? Or is there a way to fight back? I mean, I, certainly you're fighting back. Are you David versus Goliath? Do you have a chance? Do other people have a chance, too? I'm asking you a bunch of questions. Let He's going to take a dab. Let's, uh... But I think there is... I, I got the answer to that. That's a sick piece, by the way. Smash, look, at, I'm surprised Smash is not enjoying that. Uh, <laughs> He's um, all about the glass. You know, I'm drawing. Oh, that is a nice piece. I always listen and draw, man. That is beautiful, though. Well, who is it? This is a piece from Visionary Glass. I got it at the uh, Michigan Glass Project. He's going to be blowing glass at the Legacy Michigan, July uh, 21st to 23rd. That's the show that I'm Sweet. helping put on. And um, really, all of you are invited. Anyone listening in, love Sweet. to have you guys come out. Oh, yeah. Sweet. Um, I don't know. I wouldn't mind. There's a couple really like the big glass artists. I've always wanted to buy a piece from them. It's just like you don't want to second party it. You kind of want to get it from the artist. Yeah, you want to fall in love with the art. You want to know the artist, and and it's um, once you build a relationship with the artist, the, the artist will help. Will fix your piece. Will put additions to it. Will really give you that love. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've gotten pieces directly from the artists. I've gotten it from, uh, shops. I've gotten like, for example, you know, I've spent so much money with Toro, um, buying Toro glass since I was like, 18. Toro's good though. yeah, I bought Toro since I was 18 from the micros to the macros to the flower pieces, tubes to <clears throat> every, every, the grail, every porch piece they've ever come out with. And now I'm friends with Toro and they're sponsoring our dab bar. They've mm. sponsored a couple of our bars with full customized um, power and dab sets. And they're um, hooking us up with perp slurpers. So at this Legacy Michigan show, we're going to have a whole ultra sanitary bar where we're serving um, Eastside Alchemy out of completely customized Toro sets, mm. uh, cleaning the rigs after each dab. So we have this whole SOP that is literally like nothing you've ever seen before. Um, the top, most top of the line, pristine, perfect dad out of perfectly clean rigs. Uh, so that's the concept. That that's, that's the thing with those, like, uh, especially when you're using turf slivers and stuff, you have to have the temperature correct. You have to have that right. Um, if you have it too hot, it will 
you'll chaz the banger or you'll chaz the, the slurper. Um, everyone I know that uses uh, blenders and slurpers has like a dab right, right next to it most of the time. I love how right. if someone um, tuned into this, they would understand that we are speaking English, but they would have no idea what the fuck we're trying to say. Chazzing the banger on a terp slurper? What the fuck does that mean to a non-weed person? <laughs> but, uh, you know, I'm not the, the big, that much into the uh, dab. I mean, I dab. But the, the times, I don't have one, but the few times I've smoked on a real Toro terp slurper or whatever his pieces on people's rigs, Maybe it's just bias because you assume, but no, those ones are like soup. Like it's a simple thing. The other one looks Careful. almost the same. It's just a functional thing. But wh whether it's the quality Careful. of the glass, the thickness, not sure what makes those Toros so like they are noticeably better. Than it's all science. With well, this, let's talk about it for a second. Uh, how do I say this? Uh, Gage is very much into that kind of luxury, high-end cannabis experience. And I guess let's turn it around from the sort of negative stuff, from the fuckboy stuff, to the stuff that we like. Basically, the high-end, awesome cannabis. Uh, 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 how do I say it? What does set, you know, we've, we've talked about that a bunch of times. I have what I consider a decent rig. You know, it's a made in America rig with you know, a decent banger and stuff. But it is nowhere near the, the, the rigs that, for example, Fang has or a bunch of other people. Is there something better about those setups? Is that the way really to enjoy a good dab it's i think it's again that's a multifaceted answer too in the sense that the cannabis industry has birthed its own form of fine art uh in the form of high-end glassware um which started with uh you know godfathers like bob snodgrass and has led to millions of glass artists creating pipes and and creating you know probably billions of dollars in value out of borosilicate. Um, it's to me like one of the most beautiful parts <laughs> and also like the industry in a sense, like how such a simple idea of using glass to um, smoke cannabis has developed into something where it sounds like we're talking about, you know, computer engineering and, there's terms and, and jargon that no one, you know, unless you're in the industry, you'd have no idea. You, you can't even take a properly tie, like a perfectly, a perfect hit. It doesn't come easy, right? Having the timer, the quartz, the, the proper glass and having one that actually functions properly. There's levels to it. You know, there's, there's the China glass that might get the job done. I'm not, some of it's quite good to like the perfectly crafted scientific piece made by like, for example, Toro, the, the inventor of the Terp Slurper. He didn't, you know, he created this technology that's then led to. Well, that's a little different of blowing glass too. That's quartz blowing. Quartz blowing, it works at way higher temperatures and stuff. Shout out to the quartz blowers. 100%. And then innovating in that field to where like so many people are redesigning it improving upon it but it all comes from like toro who's been around for decades and and was the one who created the dome and the nail and technologies that we owe so much to because you know it's brought us to where we are today so a it not only does it function better but you're you're paying for the legacy and the art and the um and the product of 
you know, a company that is innovative and created the technology that we use. Sure, you can get, you know, a Terps, uh, Terp Slurper knockoff for a few dollars um, at your local smoke shop, but you can have the perfect Terp Slurper and function is different. Um, I've been hitting glass since I was a kid and, you know, I used, I've I started with Roar um, and anybody who's hit a Roar will know that it's like at least the old school ones because they kind of are everywhere now. But like the the original roars, like they hit different, you know, and then when you hit um, just like a regular piece, it might look the same. It's a straight tube, you know, uh, but it's just not going to hit the same. The draw, the drag, the, the ease of cle clearing the chamber, every aspect of it is perfected some of these higher end tubes and um it's just different and so like when you're working with a master glass blower versus you know something that's just coming out of a commercial facility you just can't compare it and i've noticed that from for a long time so i've invested in glass because it's given me a better experience and then i've also noticed that it you know the nicer the glass the more likelihood it's potentially going to raise in value or retain its value so now you're talking about pieces that are investments and um going from function functional utility type of um, device to something that holds value then it um can be considered then is like further than considered art um is what i think is one of the most beautiful things in cannabis and so i'm like fully a f like so so much of a fan of the glass artists and the art, um, the glass community, because of um, it being completely birthed out of, um, for lack of better words, a degenerate art form, hmm. and now it's, um, you know, it's as high of an art form as any other. Hmm. Um, so I take that and I and I observe it. And I see that that is what we need in cannabis. It's just. Um, we need that level of love and care and dedication and we need to elevate cannabis so that it becomes a form of art. I like what you said about degenerate art. So degenerate art was a, Entartete Kunst was the fucking, uh, I just pronounced it fucking badly, but anyway. Know how many German speakers there are watching the show? Anyway, the Nazis were, of course, we know, not very good people, and of course, they were also fucking Philistines. They had basically the artistic taste of, I don't know, your, your mama, pretty much. Actually, your mama has better artistic taste. Anyway, they decided that modern art was uh, basically kind of almost the opposite of what the communists said, bourgeois and all this kind of stuff. Uh, they basically said it was decadent and you know destructive to society and blah blah blah. You know all those uh, evil gay people and stuff, right? So anyway, they basically had an exhibition that was ironically considered one of the best exhibitions ever held basically of all degenerate art basically all artists that they considered to be fucking forbidden and it was again all like jewish artists and stuff like that that they were like well, oh, and didn't, they, awful. didn't they basically try to steal and pillage all the oh, art yeah. that um, was in the world. right and left yeah. yeah yeah still to this day yeah. there's a bunch of stuff missing yeah no it was an interesting concept that you brought that in because again like it is basically an art form when you say that hadn't thought of it that way it's an art form created from this like illegal uh, situation basically who who the fuck knows if we would have even honestly been 
uh, I'm just thinking to myself, like, would we be talking about these awesome $20,000 glass pieces if cannabis had not been illegal? I don't know. We might have just consumed it a completely different way all those years. But basically because, for example, the glass held value, a lot of growers could buy and sell and trade the glass basically as a legal value instead of, you know, trading cash or whatever else. So the glass uh-huh. became a huge part of, well, of the whole scene. I mean, most of the pieces that hold value, when I look at them, I, I mean whoever made that is like like first off a lot of time not just time on that piece but the time in their life to get to the level that they were able to blow at that or create at that level i mean what's that like it's art it's worth yeah it's uh, i never questioned i remember when i was really paying attention to this was back when hitman glass was like really one of the you know, innovators. I used to see some of his pieces at the High Times Cups every year when he'd win best glass or whatever. And I was just like mind blown that, that this kid, I know him, Dougie, but like Dougie could, had a talent, like super talent, you know, like back then there weren't as many people today. Most, you know, there's a lot of guys that can blow at that level, but, but uh, at the early days, there were some real guys that innovated just what could be done. Like, even, like, I, I'm always amazed with millies. Like, just the, the, to make something that small, miniature, you know, and so detailed with glass. I mean, that's, that's, that's a gnarly talent. Like, just like painting or, or music. Oh, or millies are not as other. difficult as people think they are. They're still very difficult to make, but you basically make sometimes a very big piece of glass, basically. It depends on how many millies you really want to make. But if you, like, I don't know... Uh, mothership or somebody they actually make like a really big one and they melt the whole thing together and then stretch it basically into a big long spaghetti string and then cut off little tiny pieces it's really fun to see uh here we go thomas i don't know who the fuck this oh. is oh that might be uh that might be tommy Tri- tricombs that'd be kind of fun we might have we, to change it is tommy tricombs we'll have to change his name here we were talking um, about like holding value with glass pieces at the gallery i actually was talking to the owner about it and he was like a lot of the time, like, yeah, there are some just straight up artists where their pieces will go up. But he says a lot of the time, the pieces that increase in value are the collabs between multiple artists. He says they, they go up more than regular stuff, apparently. Is it because it's more limited or what? Yeah, it's because it, it's, it's it's only a one-time thing that's exactly. ever going to happen. Two artists, most of the time, they're, they 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 draw it up together and they make little pieces and each person has like a sec. It's so interesting. Isn't it interesting too, as we're talking about this, like uh, as, as Fang was saying, the art, scene the glass art scene came out of weed and now it's basically on some level surpassing weed in terms of the i don't know or uh, what's the word i'm looking for not artisticality <laughs> what the fuck the uh, uh the performance aspect of it. I don't know. Pardon, go ahead there you go there well you go. okay you mentioned snodgrass i've been friends with snodgrass forever right i remember snodgrass would literally have a little table at the Grateful Dead parking lots way back in the late 80s, 90s. And his pipes were, I forget the value back then, but like 10 or $15. And the thing was, oh, they were color changing. That was like the new thing. And a lot of them were, you know, they were, his, they, he blew a bunch pretty quick and sold them quick. 
even during that era, because like having a pipe is could get you busted traveling around the country. Yeah, I don't know how many times I give him a bud and he just give me a dog bone or or what uh, sidecar. All this out of all those pieces. Oh, I have one. I have it one that I never bring out. I never touch. But it's from that era. Wow. It's like a, a nice sidecar from back in that style, right? And yeah, I, I, I his. What happened to the rest? Did they around, break or did you give them well, out? Well, no, it wasn't even like that. Like you, if you were traveling from city to city in the, those days, the last thing you wanted was a pipe. That would be smell. You get busted. Huh. You know what I mean? You get pulled over. So like pipes are like disposable. Like like you know what I mean? They uh, they funny. were his pipes. I, I remember you could buy a T-shirt for the same price you could buy just like a regular, you know, a simple one of his pipes, right? Like when he first started, right? And yeah, he was the first guy like, to fume glass too, wasn't he? Yeah, like huh. like it, he he is that it was like a whole new thing. He was like the guy that really did all that. One time, my friend's band played at his birthday party up at his pad, and yeah, he made this thing. I, to this day, out of everything I've ever smoked out of, and you can find it, you know, it's a known thing. He made this tube, basically, with a dragon in the, in, in the inside of it. That, I mean, it was the highest you could get off of smoking, like, like because what he, he had done was the, the, the smoke, the bowl would go through the dragon's head, and it had a little mouth in the inside but the way that the tube worked if you pulled on it right the the stream of of smoke would stay like the the size of the the whole of the mouth of the dragon and the rest was air so like almost like when you it's hit like on it you were getting of, uh, air with with yeah like with that in it. <laughs> and 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 it was like one of his prized pieces That's he didn't funny. make them for people it was at his house and I remember asking him, and he said, oh, I did it, you know, so many of them, the trial and error, to figure out exactly the right, uh, uh, you know, width of tubing and, and everything to be able, because, yeah, when you hit on it, it would, the, the dragon's mouth would just sit up, a, the, like a, whatever, quarter inch or maybe a little bigger, uh, and then the it would be like a column of, of air. I love it. And yeah, when you hit it, it was like this smoother hit because yeah, air was coming in with smoke in the center of it. Right. And yeah, it was the coolest thing. And, and the, the detail on that dragon's head was really, really, uh, intense. And, and like that, other than those, all those other color changing pipes, that was like his only piece like that. Like I, I still don't, I mean, I imagine <laughs> nice. people could mimic that and figure out the engineering and make those type of things. But no, I, it's not like I've seen any any pieces like that that duplicated that. Yeah, I think there, he had a name for it. Not not just drag the name of this dragon. It's a, it's a special piece in the Snodgrass history. Yeah, he's just a trippy old dad. And had that made his was out on tour basically selling five and ten dollar pipes as a way to get from show to show that you know then just built to this legendary status you know bud can you hear me cheers tommy good to see you buddy 
What's up, baby? What's going on, buddy? Good. How are you guys doing? We're doing it to it, my friend. I was just, uh, (coughs) excuse me, I was just looking at the promo for this Big Cloud Presents. You guys put together a good promo. Have you seen this, Tommy? Here, hold on. Uh, You better go to this. I'm thinking about going. I need to, I haven't bought a ticket yet. (laughs) I'm thinking about going to this one. Uh, If I go, you better be there. Uh, I'll be disappointed if you don't. I don't know you guys all show up. This is going to be like a sh- the show of a lifetime. Go. We no, put it together. Every epic legend from all yeah, it's a fucking movies. epic lineup. Yeah, thank. Um, I'm a friend of uh, I know Dallas down here in uh, Niles, Michigan. Oh hell yeah, man! Dallas is the man. Yeah, we put a lot of effort into this. Sure looks like it. Holy cow! Ed Rosenthal, Danny Danko, Sari Jane. Uh, Captain Kirk Edibles, uh, Medical Mondays. Who else? Are you guys doing Jimmy, are you coming? I am uh, 99% sure I'm going to buy a ticket probably tonight after the show. I probably should have bought one before because it would have been cheaper, but I've been waiting and waiting and waiting. Uh, but yeah, I think I might actually go out. Well, wait. Fun. What date did he say it was? I know the 21st magic date. The 23rd, I believe okay. it was. Let me yeah. double check on well, that. Yep. 21 day advance booking is a thing. So, like anything short of 21 days, yeah, they definitely jack prices. But 21 days is a thing on the airline price. 21 day advance booking. Now, you, you could advance book longer than that and even get better prices. But I know one thing you sh- if you book less than 21 days, mm. you pay the premium price for the most part (laughs) you know they have pricing that revolves around this 21 day advanced Uh, i was asking for the name again it's uh legacy michigan not michigan michigan legacy michigan big cloud presents legacy michigan it will be mystical um what's like what's the hotel and stuff around there like like what's the state there's a bunch. There's uh, what uh, fucking uh, Holiday Inn Express. There's a bunch of different places apparently. It's a it's a yeah, big, it's a big town. I don't know if you're saying exactly where it is yet. Are are you saying out loud where it is yet, or is it still kind of? Yeah, yeah. No, this is a hundred percent licensed. Gotcha. Uh, state state approved event. Sweet. So we're open to, you know, promoting it. We got a billboard coming out. Um, it's uh <laughs> Michigan and it's technique it's near like the southwest um part of Michigan so there's a lot of major cities out there but the way to ex- really enjoy this event is to get camping there's limited camping so you want to get that as quickly as possible but camping you can pull up your car your tent an RV trailer have it parked there it's really the best way to ex- experience the event cuz you don't have to leave you know and you can just hang out party all night shakedown street that's what i was asking it was there a camping section because most festivals i go to there's somewhere i can set up a tent or someone has an rv crashing or whatever yep yep there's definitely camping here um that's the way to do it and it's three day uh music we're gonna have uh glass blowing we're gonna have genetics cultivators we're gonna have you know a whole natural farming section dragonfly earth is gonna be helping us curate that it's going to be a really, really amazing event. Um, we're pulling out all the stops. Huh. We got legends like John Sinclair, 
who is just like this epic hero who is actually one the reason why um federal wiretaps are technically illegal he huh. sued the government and oh, shit. Um, well and, you know and, as much as i'm like a pro california type it seems like the best events for the last few Michigan, years in the community. Too. Yeah, by far. Like, Colorado has nothing on them. Not Oklahoma has nothing yeah. on them. Cali has nothing on them. We'll Michigan has, has a yeah. lot of cars events. Not now. No. Like, uh, we got great events. I can't, yeah. can't say I've been to, I, I can't say I've been to them nationwide, but uh, I can't say here in Michigan it's, it's fun and... Uh, it's, it's a wild time. Yeah. Well, yeah. even that, 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 that there's like you can get a license to bed have an event where mm -hmm. people can camp and have an event. I don't think you can even do that in California. I mean, maybe at a really small scale, like sesh, you know, private type thing, but on a light, uh, uh, you know, permitted thing. No, no, that's like really it's hard it's to, to, to job, get. Bro, bro. Consuming on consuming on point. You know what I mean? table you can taste the goods at the tables you know Best well, I could, I can. like a true <laughs> festival party you know what i mean like that like that that, like that. i grew up in an era where that was pretty common and then basically in my opinion most states lawyers and lawsuits and levels of shit like that created in a situation where it's almost like oh and having insurance you've got to remember you have to have liability insurance to have an event you know, sometimes the cost to that is makes it prohibitive to even have the event, you know, hmm. things like that. It's I know a little something about putting on events. I give it to Fang because oh, that's, that's a, yeah, that's Dude. a lot you, to be uh, organizing. It's never, it, yeah, it's a lot of work. Takes It takes a village too. It takes a good team. I mean, yeah, but when we when we say stuff about how oh there will always be a craft market and all this different shit that that's not going to happen by itself, we're going to have to actually have events like that to be honest, so that our mythical future craft market or whatever it's going to be kind of uh, is able to be created. No. Um. Yeah, it's actually interesting because there's so many. So like, this Legacy Michigan event is going to actually be our first. Um, licensed event and we're we're um historically have been putting on private events that are more geared towards you know caregivers this is actually our first event where you every um cannabis provider is actually going to have to have a license hmm. so it's actually a little ship it's going to be more like um us putting on a music festival and only allowing say for example licensed alcohol vendors um that's basically how every event is you can't, technically can't bring in your own beer you're here to ex experience the the curated brands that we have brought on board um our goal is to bring the best of michigan and showcase the finest flavors here and for those who are in the traditional market, Legacy Michigan essentially is going to be subsidizing the booths and for these brands to come and network and provide merchandise and showcase what they do. But technically, you have to have a license at this event to sell cannabis. 
So it's a little different from what we're used to traditionally, but because we have a license now, we can go incredibly big and we can, you know, show the world what Michigan is all about. Hmm. Right. No, I appreciate what you're doing, Fang. It's a, uh, it's good. Uh, I, I, I'm sorry. I'm just like I lost for it. I have connections with Kappa Dog. Yeah, yeah, Kappa. Big, big. I got the well, wu thing. And it I seems mean, like Rizzo, you're, but... you're trying to to bring the brand <laughs> in jail. the Look, community together. Where no, like, what happened to the events in California? License. Like at least my feeling there. It's like us against that. It's like this weird thing the customers and the brands but like ultimately the best way to move forward is like not be like that right uh, like, you know, well, I mean, there's a lot of there's a big gap between like what the government has created and the in the free market right and traditionally like or not traditionally like in economics we learn that like a controlled economy is never as good as the free market i think that's the argument against communism um but yeah. the way cannabis has been rolled out it's a com complete controlled economy hmm. so um the black market is actually the only semblance of what free market capitalism could potentially look like and and it actually allowed a whole underground community to flourish and um a lot of people prospered us you know a lot of people were able to get situated with licensing and and large facilities because they really um we're able to take a lot of that black market money and transition it into this legal world. Now it's this big gap right now because, um, well, kind of going back to the original question, like, is it going to be just this thing where the corporations are going to be able to like run over all the independent artists and, um, like the future sometimes looks bleak, but I think that my, extreme optimism or ability to tap into optimism when I choose to allows me to see a better future and see like roadmaps and and um, methods for better uh, infrastructure. And I think that like it's not it's definitely not there yet. Um, but there's always going to be kind of like symbio symbiosis or or uh, um, harmony that defines itself went even into like polarizing extremes. So um, for example, like I think that there's going to be a lack, there's going to be a need to tap into independent art and talent and, and skills. You just cannot replicate um, the, uh, the love of a craft farmer hmm. or someone who truly knows the art like i've not seen commercial flower even be able to touch the quality that i can produce you know craft and i think that thus leading to the need for a luxury market and one that prices accordingly um but at the same time like you know if we're not innovating and we're not really pushing it it's um it's it is very difficult you know i um i've historically found it quite difficult to um get legal 
you know, or to get my product into the metric market because of a thousand different reasons. And I've seen contracts from the largest, uh, a lot of the largest growers out here and uh, they're toxic, you know, it's they're too far. Hmm. It's too far. <laughs> I said it's too fire sometimes. Too far. And, and it's a, it's, it's also a total moving target. Cause like you can go back a couple years and, oh, it was a lot of hoops you had to jump through, but then once everyone figured out and got it together to jump through those hoops, oh, now there's a new round of hoops. And next year there'll be some other hoop, none of them actually to make it better, all just to make it harder, right? And and advance the bigger guy's uh, agenda, right? And that yeah. seems to be, yeah, that's a problem when the, 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 the moving target, you know what I'm saying? And the cost. Certain Michigan must be way less, but in California, yeah, the co- like the cost of it is right there, so prohibited that unless you're rolling with like huge investment money that is sort of unlimited because you can't just start with this amount because oh, it's going to take longer and it's mm. going to need this and escrow. Take a year before so you what were you saying? Start. Yeah, go ahead. It's going to take a year before you got you can start, so you're paying on the property and you just got to yeah. you got to be able to have unlimited funds to be able to even you know get past the life well i was just gonna say bud has mentioned a couple different states i can't remember uh florida and a couple other places where you had to have like five million dollar escrow and all this stuff no I mean, more, not, way more than that oh now God. some of the escrows are gigantic like even texas did a thing i i have heard a story where 45 people their outfits went after 15 licenses they thought but then ultimately, by the time they picked the license, it was only three. And each of those had came with like a huge amount of time, an escrow account that was massive. All Oh, had to pay, had to have the property ready. I had to have all these things. And ultimately, 40, some of them, that was just a whole huge amount of money that, that they took a shot, a gamble, right? Uh yeah, that, that's, but again, that's, honestly, the downside of that incredible just mountain of money that they had, I mean, every, everybody has a disadvantage, even a huge army, right? A huge army moves slowly. So I guess in that sense, like, uh, uh, how do I say it? They They have to become profitable quickly or I, I guess maybe they don't maybe they have so much money that they just don't care anymore but that's something that i think about with these massive corporations like their investors are going to expect a return they're not just piggy banks right for if they give you 500 million dollars to build out a grow or something it's not going to just be your toy for 10 years you're going to have to show results right away whereas if you are a really small small operation you can be nimble and you don't necessarily have to still have to make money but i mean you don't have to necessarily pay back as much Vig, basically. I don't know. Am I making any fucking sense? It's it's. Oh, so you make hope. a lot of sense. Actually, a lot of people in this industry are way over invested, mm. and so they they have to maintain a huge overhead. And so you have, whereas like like for a company or for a more independent organization like myself and and our team, we're nimble. Like you mm. say, we have um, comparatively very low overhead, and our ratio our margins are a lot higher and um that's what actually makes us very unique i mean we've i've been able to make you know from genetics alone tens of thousands of dollars in value for my retailers my 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 
myself and and my you know my cultivators off of a three gallon pot plant hmm. one pollination and and it's because of just how much love and and craft goes into the art that i'm able to generate that level of you know excitement and and value out of something so tiny just like a piece of glass art can generate tens of thousands of dollars in value because it has so much you know well but i notice you you seem to have that that optimism you know like you even point out yourself but like the shit that you're having to go through is like basically most people can't muster that right no you're 100 i was gonna say that like it's kind of the the pessimistic the the sad part of it is i'm actually you know having difficulty expressing my brand in the in the legal market when when i actually one of the most known and recognized entities in, in cannabis and i'm getting hammered by you know the fake cookie gauge and hmm. they're you know trying to stop my ability to use the word gauge literally if i had not opposed the fake gauge or the phage um in trademark court i would be sued by them hmm. for using the word gauge they would put they would make me stop using the word because they would argue that they were that's more real legal. by the way the energizer bunny apparently is the duracell bunny in other countries but basically duracell forgot to register their trademark so basically energizer fucking registered the trademark and literally stole their money from them so it became not the duracell bunny which again everybody else apparently in the world it's it's weird for me to even conceptualize the duracell bunny but apparently that's what it is and again energizer just fucking stole the freaking the the the, and everyone loves that bunny right the bunny that keeps on going oh bang i've I've only heard this repeatedly but the basic structure of our legal systems with these type of cases is like Whoever has the money to without out blast the other side is has the advantage, right? Like in the and so like even though the, the weaker side has a solid ass case, oh, after ten years of litigation because these people have enough money to 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 do every trick in the book and and they just outlast the other person, right? Mm-hmm. So like even when you're faced with one of these situations. Uh, lawyers usually good lawyers would tell you well okay but do you have this amount of of money behind this and this amount of time of your life litigants yeah are you going to spend 10 years or five years in a in a battle or is it just worth it to move on you know and that's the way you know the whole legal system is based on that like the money matters and, and the big the money players money. are going to assume that too bud that's that's the worst part of it that basically if they come with their huge amounts of freaking lawyers to bear they're just going to assume that everyone freaking lays down for them i don't know is it, it it's it's kind of bleak when you think about it that way that a lot of these big entities are going to come in and they're just going to literally sue people out of their names someone's got to stand up for that shit you know what i mean someone's going to say no you can't steal my fucking well name. and our, our and 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 varying places different but our courts are like completely geez like just look at our court systems it's like holy moly what it's that's a that's a whole minefield of its own madness you know doesn't matter what's right right that's the problem with it right like it's it's not fair 
you know? <laughs> right. No, it's really, it, I, it's never been more clear to me that um, it's not, it's fairness is definitely not a part of it, a part of it. If integrity is not really a part of it, um, I'm hoping, you know, I'm doing my best to fight representing myself in a court against Denton's law, law attorneys and um, some of the largest law firms in the world that are trying to stop and, and a lot of times it comes down to this basic thing that if you researched it enough oh somebody donated money to some other guy's campaign and that's why he gets the favoritism as simple as that yeah. like like that's like it's all about campaign money that's that's where like most of the it's corruption. More than that, they take them out to thousand dollar steak dinners and stuff. Yeah, you've, you've all been that about stuff. The Supreme right. Court justices, uh, 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 what's his fuck? Uh, 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 Jesus H Christ! Uh, squeeze, uh, uh, the fucking the Italian guy that died. What was his fucking name? Uh, yeah, Scalia. Uh, Scalia. There we go. He actually died right. at a luxury resort, basically a, a billionaire's luxury resort, and everyone just kind of hand waved it away because they were like, "Oh, he's dead. It's, it's it's all fine." But turns out, basically, that those guys are taking these enormous, literally hundred thousand dollar vacations. Can you fucking conceptualize a hundred thousand dollar vacation? And by the way, this is not six months vacation. It's literally a fucking weekend that costs a hundred thousand dollars. I I can't imagine it even, the it luxury even of that starts. fucking vacation when, he's getting when, that shit on the regular from his fucking pet billionaire basically or rather he's the pet yeah, honestly right Same and thing a lot with, of times uh, it but starts my... with with that somebody sold them a house that might have been like yeah, yeah. five million yeah. bucks and oh somehow they bought it for 1.5 and yep the yeah. app turns out that guy and that money is from this family that you know, we're having the, some the, massive fuckery in the Oregon uh, legal market. There's this company here called La Mota, and uh, every time I've seen it, I've been just like, it's, it's just something about it just seems fucking really super weird. I mean, mind you, we have hundreds of dispensaries in, in Portland, literally probably hundreds. There's a, a new one practically on every fucking corner, basically. But this place was weird. Like, La Mota had uh, stores, three of them on the same fucking block, or not on the same block, but on the same street, like basically within a few blocks of each other. Like, on Sandy, there's literally two stores within like five blocks of each other and they're apparently the biggest retailer in all of in all of oregon like they grew from nothing it's just this married couple from albany or some shit that basically started like literally a hundred stores well turns out they've been basically or they were at least paying the secretary of state shamia fagan uh who was this like big rising star in the democratic party and whatever not anymore but she was also uh moonlighting as their consultant for six figures and shit so basically they were getting like inside information and also basically inside freaking uh, help essentially from the secretary of state we have yet to really unravel the whole onion of well that even even wait that brand has since been bought up and whatever, but there was, what was it called? But, but the, on their board was Boehner, the, 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 oh, the senator. The that, Ohio, yeah, yeah, right. fuck. Uh, why, like, wait, he was an alcoholic, golf, like, whatever, came from a state, he's anti-cannabis his whole mm -hmm. damn life. You can look at his voting record. He's, 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 he's been who he is. But somehow he was on the canopy. Was like that. Now that is where it gets really tricky because Canopy was public, and they were valued at like billions of dollars because it's an investment. Now you well, want to hear what's worse? Companies like that are are, are going to practice like the 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 Amazon model. Yeah, like they can they can lose money. 
They Damn. can lose money for five but years to, oh, to drive out all, all the business. Yeah, but that is a weird thing, how he was so against it. And then as Wait, soon as he gets to the office. Do you know so, who else was on that board? George that? Schultz. Yeah, George know. Schultz. He was so like he's like so old. I, don't, I imagine he's still like, he's part of Reagan. Yeah, right. So like like when I heard and read that, this is years ago. I was like, yeah, there it is. The only reason a company like that would put Boehner on there is oh, for connections. You think there isn't lobbying going on over what this federal bill mm. is going to be? Well, these companies and these billion dollar investment things, they they they're controlling the, the voice because. The community, even the richest guys in it, burner and certain people, in other industries, that's what a pack is. Where hey, all those guys come in together for they have a voice, right? That's how our system works, right? Supposedly, we as a the real cannabis community has no voice at the table. Only those entities are like, like, who? Where do you see any any kind of lobbying effort? From what we we're going to see it. You just mentioned a couple of names. Unfortunately, those guys are probably already whining and dining people on uh, uh, Capitol Hill and everywhere mm. else. What were you going to say, Fang? I think you're going to interject. Uh, well, maybe a couple oh, of thoughts. Yeah, I was ago. just going to say that Canopy Growth, um, the CEO of Canopy Growth, um, Bruce Linton, who shut down the medical program and home grows in Canada, hmm. is now also. So this is also the CEO of the fake gauge here in Oh, awesome. he um well Canopy Growth also funded fake the phage. So um on and now they're the exclusive partner for cookies. Yeah, they got yeah, it, it, it's so dirty. It's so it, and but it exists and hey, they do they probably spend a lot of money keeping their this like conversation from even happening, right? Right. Meaning they're they're, they're operating on a really big level, very yeah, quietly, dude. you know, and are 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 like, wow. And they're not just one of a few at this I've point. Not it, it can't just be burner. I, we always talk about burner, but there's no way that uh, I, I, no well, no offense see, to the guy who's obviously cookie, been very good, but there's no I way that a guy like a, that a publicly held thing. Wide, yeah, there's there's got to be other. So when things are on the stock market and are publicly held, then the amount of investment those people have just uh, is massive, right? Right. Yeah. Burner's not you know, cookies fund. isn't a public. You can't buy stock in it, right? But there's a handful of big cannabis things happening that are. Those ones that years ago, when the first few happened, and oh, they were valued at whatever billion dollars, right? Yeah, that those those people are operating. I mean, that's the thing. They can still have, yeah, they can and, still have venture capital I didn't know and it, everything else. Any of this, but I picked that one story, and somehow Gage is directly affected by the mm. same massive operation that's been going on. Fuck, a lot of years now. Like this so isn't I'm new. With their law firm. Well, like they changed with names, right? They got bought by but, somebody uh, don't, bigger. Don't filibuster. Go ahead, uh, Fang. Yeah. yeah, no, they did get bought by Terrasend and for a half billion dollars. Um, or, or no, sorry, probably more. I don't know what it was, half billion dollars, I think. But anyways, they, um, speaking of like corruption, I mean, I, I worked, I gave 
I paid for multiple con consultations with a local law firm, um, Barton Morris's law firm, and he had a attorney there named Jennifer Domingue, and she took my testimony for almost two hours, asking me all types of questions, and um, and I basically told her that, that I was dealing with this other corporate entity that was coming here to um with my name and i wanted to stand up against it and i had told her a lot about what i do a few months later guess who she becomes the head in-house attorney for hmm. the fake game them some people would, would not do that but some people would it's just interesting to see people's and, ethics yeah yeah um and that's that's the first first-hand uh, testimony right there did, did you sign anything to make a contract with you because that sounds like a breach of, of uh conflict there sounds like a lot of things of interest, yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah well but then technically she won't be on the case that would be you could bring that up that that, exactly. that person That's has our conflict actually, but that doesn't mean that some other lawyer at her firm won't have the case and right. you know or the information she brought to them and that's what she you know and she got paid for it too right right um, Most likely, she's on the way to be partner, and you know, the lawyers have been lawyers. Well, man, oh, once well, they the, get involved, all right. Fuck. The, the best oh, lawyer plays golf with the judge on the weekend, plain and simple. Like anytime it's you're way playing, above all that, this that is so much corruption. They're in bed with the judge, pretty much. That's how a lot of these cases they, they they they're yeah. It's interesting. The court system's weird. Well, lawyers are, hey, lawyers are nobody's friend, man. I know you need them sometimes, but they're the trickiest dicks in the game, man. And it's like, yeah, <laughs> they got you coming and going, you know? Like, that's just my experience with them. Nothing, hey, I know people that are lawyers. Uh, and there's a lot of different ways you can practice law, but yeah, overall, lawyers are. My, yeah. my stepfather, uh, had a well i guess it was like the family lawyer or whatever and he ended up not doing this anymore but for the first few years that they knew each other uh my stepfather would send him uh the the lawyer was jewish so he'd send him not christmas cards but you know uh, hanukkah or whatever you know yom kippur cards or something and uh the guy would literally bill him for 15 minutes every time he would read the card or something he would bill uh my stepfather for you know yeah a quarter hour uh but yeah eventually when they became friends enough he was like no i'm not, not gonna bill that's you. hilarious yeah that's <laughs> lawyer shit right there uh well i grew up where like the two parents or whatever wanted kids to become a doctor or a lawyer well ultimately a doctor does good a lawyer nah nah i mean there's good parts of being a lawyer no question right there's there's a there's ethical people there and and do good things but um for the most part that's the dirtiest game on the planet <sighs> I mean, yeah. I, I doubt it. There's there's fucking uh, private military contractors. There's all kinds of shit that's way dirtier than fucking lawyers. But uh, what was I going to say? Um, I don't know. Dialing this back basically to something that we're not just kind of shooting from the hip on. Uh, 
the the we've discussed honestly we've been uh, dancing around this a little bit Fang because uh, we talked about a bunch of things but honestly before we you know uh, uh, freaking bounce for the show I'd like to talk about this after you came on the show the first time and then I want to say we talked to a couple other guests about kind of the concept of luxury or well literally not just luxurious but luxury cannabis and a bunch of us have tried to figure out what this is essentially as a concept I think Flora and I were talking about it we were looking at different places that were charging I don't remember $400 Ounce, da, 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 da. Long story short, we're trying to figure, yeah. yes, exactly. We had a whole conversation about that. Good point. So we're trying yeah. to figure out, we're trying to wrap our head around our heads around what this is as a, a concept, how it affects the future of weed, how most importantly, a lot of us get our hands dirty in the weed. So a lot of us, I think, would like to actually know how we participate in luxury cannabis, if possible. And I think a lot of us probably assume, hey, since we grow really well, you know, what's the difference between that and luxury cannabis? And that kind of was one of the big questions. What's the difference between, let's say, really good cannabis and then, for example, luxury cannabis that you could actually literally charge $1,000 per ounce or whatever, whatever arbitrary price we want to say. Or, for example, the seed packs that you said were five, six, seven, ten thousand dollars a pack. What defines those things in the marketplace and what what gets people to pay for that money or pay that money? That's a good question. I mean I think that ultimately um it's could be its own you know it could be a whole class on this. I think that, that it's studying studying the arch archetype of what makes something luxury or what makes something um have a higher value um now but they're two different paths like when you said seeds luxury and then can one thing with the seed is then there's a return on the investment right where the actual product goes up in smoke right so you know they're hard to i, I would suppose think, but i compare. mean but the the ten thousand dollar pack of seeds i kind of doubt i mean i don't know i could be wrong i assume the ten thousand dollar pack of seeds is going to a collector as opposed to someone who's running a california farm perhaps that's wrong though maybe the california farm is the one that's actually buying those ten thousand dollar packs actually that's a question maybe who who is buying I have, these really high-end packs customers that buy um seeds uh packs that are in ten thousand dollars that are both large-scale cultivators, vertical, um, owners of vertical operations, um, and, and, of course, private collectors and independent growers like myself who just grow for, you know, whether it be for their personal or to just have the best cannabis um, as part of their job, I guess. But it's essentially, like, goes to all types of people. It's, there's no so really then one. it's the it's basically the same or is it actually maybe it's a good question is there a difference between luxury can, luxury uh, cannabis flower for example or hash and luxury cannabis seeds is there a difference in that marketplace um i mean luxury essentially describes like products where the higher the more they cost the more desirable they are um there's a whole study of like <clears throat> this um Beblum, uh, supply curve that essentially shows that as price goes up, the desirability of certain items goes up, and that's not everything. Um, and what what a, creates that is um, is a lot of intangibles. Um, it's not something very easy to measure. It's not something that's very easy to just simply say like follow these steps and you will be able to produce luxury X. Um, it's 
but it's uh it's to me it's like because i am one of the first to ever touch these numbers to ever utter these figures into like into like for example i never heard of anyone talk about a thousand dollar ounce until i'm i'm I just said those words and then so I made those moves it wasn't really a thing now it's more commonplace um in my in my opinion it's um I've always loved things that cost more or were priced at and I don't think just price is not the only um criteria but the things that were like you know difficult to get or um like for example, like a silver dabber. Like I had this commission for my friend. I have a gold dabber that I had commissioned. And it's essentially like, I like things that are, that hold not just the monetary value, but spiritual, metaphysical, intrinsic, you know, energy. And when there's that much attention and focus and love into something, um, being put into something, I feel the soul coming out of it. Um, What's the difference between, uh, and there may not be much of a difference, maybe the, the, the difference is uh, uh, metaphysical, so to speak. Maybe it's just basically in, in, in your perception. What's the difference between, let's say, super high quality craft, and I guess as, a, as an example, probably most people who are listening in have a farmer's market nearby uh, or some kind of a special market where, you know, this, the, the, the super duper tomatoes are and they bring out the plants maybe once a month or whatever. You know, around here we have these farmer's markets, right? And a lot of times you have the, the farmer's farmers with their produce and stuff and plants, whatever. But then you'll have the soap makers and you'll have the woodworkers and you'll have all these, and you'll have some really, really nice killer shit that's all uh, wrapped up really well. For example, soap. Soap bars that cost eight or nine dollars that were made by some, you know, woman who's a lawyer in her, you know, regular job, whatever. It's just like her passion project or whatever. What's the difference between that soap or, for example, I'm thinking of, uh, I have a, a leather, kind of like a satchel briefcase bag. And I got it from this dude who probably to this day still sells his bags uh, uh, at uh, a, a fucking Pike's Place Market up in Seattle. And the dude makes really good leather bags, but he, it's handmade and whatever. And he, do, he charges maybe four or $500 for them, not four or 5000 Whereas, for example, Louis Vuitton, I think you're a fan of, they do have four or $5,000 bags. What if anything is the difference between those two things or is it really just a perceptual difference um <clears throat> confidence hmm. i think that i think that potentially um homeboy selling his bags for 300 is undervaluing his his time which is possible too uh, his but now a company like shit, louis vuitton has been around what over a hundred years as a and has spent a lot of money building up their reputation and brand and, and all that. So you can't like. And you Fang know, mentioned a while ago that they actually burn excess products. So, for example, they don't have seconds. They don't have. Uh, blemishes they don't have anything else and this is kind of a scandalous thing that they regularly burn huge amounts of their uh, perfectly good product basically to keep the value high which is an interesting okay. thing conceptually um, like i don't think i mean is it scandalous or is it just i mean it's understandable but you know people basically 
I can see both sides of it, obviously, because you know when you're when you're burning perfectly good bags that could have gone to somebody. But I mean, it's not as if honestly Louis Vuitton is in the business of sending their bags to I don't even know Mozambique as 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 charity. It is kind of a strange concept, but I can understand why people are pissed off at the idea of burning you know luggage and stuff. Uh, who's making a ton of noise? We're gonna meet you. Uh, it was me. Oh, there you go. Right on. So no worries, bud. Uh, the fuck was I trying to say? I was at. Uh, w- well, what was the question that I was asking though when we talked about that? I well, what asking, is the difference between like um, um, leather goods made by at the farmers market, which I'm a huge fan of, versus like a Louis Vuitton bag? And and it's a lot of it is confidence. It's it's status. It's um, it's the fact that Louis is able to put their name besides something of value it's not to say that the guy um making the handbags couldn't it's just that he chose not to and everyone has a level where they are comfortable with being at and i think that you everyone has a choice you know and you can choose to sell your items at a commodity price and compete at a compete on price or you can compete on value or you can compete on um you know, creativity hmm. or craftsmanship or um, being able to to draw draw people's attention, being able to become an investment piece. Um, at a certain point, think people who pay more for things take care of them. They they allow them to prosper and they make sure that they're getting their return on their investment so that, you know, goes up in value. And, and wasn't like the early days of companies like that, like, I mean, they made luggage too, and it was the highest quality you, there was. They've been around forever. They've always had the... Like, usually, I mean, sometimes the quality fades as the brand gets so popular and big, but usually in the history of a lot of those things, they made the best. That's what set them apart. Right. Right. It's it's not like, oh, you can just raise your price and expect people to buy it. It literally has to be the best. And you test your yourself essentially and it's it's not easy to consistently push the upper limits of, you know, pricing because and and testing what your art is truly worth. Um the historically when you raise your price you will have less customers so you're always forced to become better you're always forced to innovate you're always forced to um express the highest form of creativity it simply doesn't come when you're competing with other people hustling for you know bottom dollar hustling for for um working at low margins um so that's always inspired me. It's always inspired me to put my heart and soul into everything I do. And I cannot grow a million pounds, but I can grow a pound worth a million dollars. So to me, I'd rather do that. 
It's interesting that you say that kind of stuff because there's been a lot of examples uh, I can think of. We've talked about this guy on the show. I think a lot of people on the show uh, uh, like to do you know woodworking and stuff. And there's this guy, a Blacktail Studios. Although now that I think about it, I haven't watched the videos his for a couple months. But anyway, uh, he does like epoxy tables and stuff. Whatever, really beautiful tables. But I kind of dislike the fact that it's all like epoxy plastic. But it doesn't fucking matter. Uh, beautiful, beautiful table still. Uh, and he said a bunch of times that as he raised his prices, he sold better. Uh, and yeah, probably he had less individual customers, maybe, because again, you know, you have less customers that can afford a $5,000 table or a $30,000 table or whatever, but he's on back order and stuff. You know, he used to actually have to wait for, for customers or sell it, you know, and, and actually pound the, the pavement, so to speak. And now literally there's a waiting list for people, uh, literally, uh, uh, how do I say this? You have to get in line for the right to basically have the right for him to make you a table at some point in the future and he can just yeah isn't that amazing he can basically turn people down anytime he wants he can basically decide he doesn't want a customer or whatever the fuck he's just he's tired of a job and say you know fuck off next blah 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 that's amazing and basically he did that essentially by having amazing quality by deserving it with incredible quality but then also having the confidence to to raise his prices so that's an interesting thought you know i think in in cannabis seeds for example or even cannabis flowers a lot of folks have been hammered by the relentlessness of the market, right? The, the oversupply of flour and everything else. And that's discouraged a lot of people from kind of the concept of quality. But is that inevitable? How do I say that? Is that the inevitable wave of the future? Or is that going to turn around? Probably it's going to turn around, right? Or stabilize in some way. Nice looking flower, by the way, uh, uh, Fang. What is that? Um, these are just some prototypes. Just... Uh you know, different things that I'm testing. I like that you make prototypes uh, of, of, I think it's a great idea to basically just make a few seeds of something, try it out, blah, 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 before you can, you know, commit to a whole run and stuff. Love it. Yeah, I do a lot of testing, um, do a lot of just like, you know, hunting and um, yeah, we just always trying new flavors and trying to see how we can push the potential of these different genetics um but look this is grown organically this has never touched chemicals um ever since it's entered my garden and these these plants have been bred this way using the most potent herbs and adaptogenic mushrooms on the planet so that we can produce the finest flower on the planet and and there's i'm i'm growing cons- with using you know applying concepts that um people aren't even tapped into yet like i can't even begin to to talk about everything that i do the mushrooms and the herbs this is that's just one part that uh, one thing that i do that people don't barely doing um and it's like we're doing things organically that people with chemicals haven't can't you know really even dream of it's it's quite funny when people say, oh, does organic yield? When I look at their buds and it's puny. Oh, know? no, it is It is farcical. We've just never had a chance. It would be nice one of these days to do some direct comparisons somehow because people are always like, I don't know, 
tiptoeing into organics or something just to kind of see it or whatever. And then they, they come out of it being basically pissed off because their first attempt, like since when is your first attempt at something like your best attempt? Anyway, their first attempt at organics somehow doesn't do as well as the freaking uh, uh, synthetic grow that they've been doing for 20 fucking years. It's ridiculous. You can yield perfectly well with organics. You get better flour. It's consistently stickier. Uh, I was talking about this yesterday about how some wheat I bought at a dispensary. Actually, top shelf flour had no, and I couldn't think of a word for it other than tooth. Basically, as I was chopping it up, basically, I like to chop wheat up with scissors. It just crumbled into fucking powder. Whereas good organic wheat, it has some tooth to it. You can really like rip it apart. You can chop it up. You can do whatever. And it's still intact. You know, it doesn't fall apart. Go ahead, Flora. Uh, so yeah, you can actually like squeeze it. It has some buoyancy to it. You know, it, it comes back and um, absolutely. Well, a lot of drying and curing too, man. You got to remember these these companies don't do much. Drying and curing, like pull it. But it all adds up, you know, it's just like with hash, basically with hash, every single error that you make compounds in the final hash. But honestly, the same thing is with flour, you know, like every time you underwater the plant in veg or every time you underwater it in early flour, or every time you freaking uh, uh, didn't uh, catch all the spider mites or whatever that you did, or you freaking uh, let some roots die or whatever it is that you did, uh, that suffers the flower suffers you know what i mean sometimes if you do some stresses it'll end up you know raising the terpenes right but not always not in, not always at all people always assume like oh somehow stressing out the flower makes it taste better that's not really the case it can but it doesn't always go ahead bud well, I just said I don't think stressing it out makes it always better, but I think a little bit there's of stress. A, there's a whole philosophy of people. That's where, like, the whole idea of, like, girdering your plants or pouring ice on the roots and all that stuff. It's obviously oh, no. a lot of it is basically bullshit. But, you know? like, you know, I just thought of this. Like, let's say a reasonably home-growth scale. I mean, not just a tent, but a little bigger than that. And instead of you having hands-on, you did what these commercial people do even though it's totally not necessary you just did it you had one person that's job it was to do this right just that cloning or whatever then you had another person's job it was is to be the veg and oh you had another person come and defoliate then you had another person do this and another person do this and then a, a harvest person and then a, a trim so like you didn't personally do it. You just had what a commercial place has. And that's how they run. Like each little job is one person's. Right? The, this person works at that all day. That's all he does. This person does this all day. That's all. Right? Yeah. That's the, the something your so week. bleak, isn't it, bud? Like, like, I, if I wonder you what did Fang that, thinks of that. Like, just, just for the hell of it, most likely your weed would, no matter what strain you started with, that you grew so great would all of a sudden be what what is this commercial assembly weed? line Liter right. quite literally assembly line weed right, right? yeah exactly right yeah. Uh, Feng there's no in that description and there's quite a bit we've heard this a bunch of times and I don't know how many times uh, uh, people in the in the chat or something like oh I wish I could work in weed and I'm like fuck be careful what you wish for like we've had people Florinugs has been a head grower and everybody and he's no longer he doesn't want to do it anymore he quit he didn't fucking get fired he quit because it's a shitty fucking job uh, in many cases and when you're the head grower or you get to be the boss when you're not the head grower you're you're one of the bitches you're one of the freaking peons and like bud was saying these people they spend 40 hours a week deleafing 
That's their fucking job is deleafing or cutting clones. Literally, just all they do all day long from the time they clock in until the time they clock out is fucking cutting clones. They don't get to have any kind of artistry or enjoyment or holistic kind of experience of the plant. None of that stuff. Just literally assembly line weed. That couldn't possibly be good. It's, it's literally well, I mean, just a I, I think process. we probably just hit upon like, oh, what really makes craft weed so much better than what we call commercial weed that that's it probably that's probably one of the highest percentages of why it is what it is i partially agree like what makes this flower right here worth a hundred a gram is the fact that i am limited in the number of lights i can manage single-handedly and perfect this is the perfect example of my flower if i were to expand and start taking on more apprentices um, and uh, and having more helpers, it dilutes my ability to have that single focus and it becomes then a, a team effort. Now, there's two ways this can go. It could become worse or it could potentially become better. Who's on your team? I'm, an, I'm amazing at what I do, but I also respect many growers who are also amazing at what they do. I, I also don't devalue the art of handling and processing and trimming and drying and every part, every breath that occurs. From it's not to say that I want to devalue that. I hope that didn't come across that way because you're right. There is a certain kind of mastery to any one of those different things. You could be a clone master hundred percent. So I hope that right. that's not the, the understanding well, that was just the, the kind of the assembly line aspect of it, basically where you are essentially a cog in a gigantic machine, basically. You well, but it's places the, where it's going to be like a machine, but then there's other places where it's going to be like um, a basketball team where people where you pass sure. the ball and everyone plays their role, but everyone's equally as important. And the way I want it, I want my kitchen to be. I want <laughs> the best sous chef. I want the best dishwasher. I want the best you know person front. <clears throat> um, and I think that every aspect matters. The um, and that's really what we want to bring to cannabis is the atelier of growing, of breeding, of essentially producing the finest quality products. Every step of the way matters from the person who's packing or rolling the joint to the person who's creating, you know, who's planting the seed. It's with full intention and people are there to do their best work. I would like to recruit and hire and put on staff the best trimmers in the world. I would like the best cloners in the world so that essentially we're a stacked powerhouse team that people that all produce at a level that I produce, if not better. And that's, and that's the only way you can, you can ask for the, you know, the value has to go up to, to, to compensate that mm. type of team that, right. and that's where like the other, business model that seems to be predominant well they do it the, the whole other way possible, yeah. you know and 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 every year there's there's a, a a c uh the financial person that's looking to cut percentages out of each of these departments that's how they're going to squeeze more money out of the, the business and that means yeah that you might have had the perfect cloner but when you told him oh hey we're we're going to cut back or we're doing this or that or whatever right? he, he moves on right right so it's or, like 
it's different forms of capitalism. You know, I think that yeah. there's got to be a way to do it correctly, and that's really the route that we're looking to pursue. Laura, you had something to say? Yeah. Uh, I was just going to say, like, some of the examples of, like, some um, luxury-type brands. Like, here in California, was the cannoli franchise, like, Frenchy Cannoli's mm -hmm. Hash. Very limited places. Like, the only place I knew of to get that in, like, Los Angeles, which is a huge, you know, city, was the Jungle Boys, right? And, and they charged a premium price. But if you got that, it was it was just like it was so good. You didn't even want to you wanted to savor it. You didn't even want to smoke it all. It's so fun. You can't just go get more of it, right? It's very small batches. So you know that that has value. To, you know, it's a lot of value. That's you know, I yeah. don't know if it's getting made though. I mean, no, he's down. He's no longer alive. I'm not sure what the situation. I mean, is that tradition that. exists. Yeah, he has uh, what uh, Cherry Blossom Bell makes a lot of uh, hash down there. I've tried her hash. Uh, uh, what's her? Uh, there's a few people. There's a, a few people. But it is. I mean, it's a very challenging process, right? And like I said, with hash, any kind of hash, especially and, stuff that you have your hands on it, every single step of the way has to be fucking perfect for that product yeah, to come out. Perfect. Yeah, and, 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 and the even one thing I, I miss about Frenchy because as I'm just a grower, Frenchie was like, in, in today's hash makers, it's even less, hardly anyone mentions it, but Frenchie always gave credit to the grower, mm -hmm. right? That was like a big part of like any Very batch that, that he did. He, he really made a point of always uh, talking about the grower and the methods and everything else and the strain. But like a lot of hash makers today, yeah, no. A lot of guys I know make hash. They don't grow. They make hash. But yeah, they don't give much credit to the to the grower. It's the real reason that their hash is any good. As a grower, it's a gripe of mine. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, and another thing too is like that's that's small that small batch craft stuff. Like even if you know the word perfect, it's still going to have variance from batch to batch. And so, you know, there might be a batch that's just fucking superior, right? Just for some reason, you know, it just comes out superior. You buy some of that. Well, what's the value, right? There's, there's, there might only be 200 grams of that in existence, right? Yeah, well, a lot of this isn't just cannabis. This is the economics of scale. I mean, you could, you could take a whole bunch of business. Take a restaurant. You brought up a restaurant. Yeah, many a restaurant. The best restaurant ever until they wanted to open up the five other ones in town and then open up 300 across the country. Right. Well, yeah. And then, yeah. Like, 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 yeah. Like you're talking like, well, what's his face? Uh, loud mouth yelling, uh, chef. Was it, was it Gordon Ramsay? Gordon Ramsay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure when that dude, had his first restaurant, that, that food was amazing. Like, You're actually not really wrong. He's gotten a couple of Michelin stars taken away from his restaurants because apparently he's kind of lost focus on his fucking gigantic empire. Yeah. yeah. At the Indian Casino out here, Harris, yeah, there's one of those Gordon uh, Ramsay restaurants, right? And the whole thing when you walk in is every chef that won has these pictures, and the one pitcher's bigger than the rest because that chef is supposedly in charge of the restaurant right i didn't i didn't go really look that the whole thing is the kitchen's open just like on the tv show and all that and they try to act like there's this whole stress going on you know but i didn't see that actual chef and to be honest oh that shit was so overpriced and not like i eat over i mean i eat expensive food but no that wasn't worth it it was it was like there wasn't nothing there it wasn't good it wasn't really good but had the good pricing. Oh, there's there's too many other restaurants 
not changed. The thing is, is yeah, when you get even a Michelin star, yeah, that, that, that's an individual restaurant. You know what I mean? Like, so you bring that into cannabis. That's kind of what we're talking about. Uh, and, and I mean, let me interject here, bud. Uh, uh, not only that, but also Bob E. brings up a fair point that I've actually been wanting to bring up earlier. It kind of ties into, I, I feel you probably more than you know, Bob, uh, it ties into the, the whole concept of my old tasting group that I'm hoping to frankly bring back. I went to great idiotic lengths. I had to jump through stupid hoops, honestly, so that I could keep it an open group, basically, so that anybody, literally in my mind, anybody off the street could technically, they had to buy a membership and shit, but still, uh, uh, legally, they could come in off the street, basically, and join our meetings, whereas most tasting groups, basically, historically, were very private, right? And whatever, it's just a conceptual thing. But so, for example, it's worth mentioning, Bobby says, hey, this is the end stage of unbridled capitalism. You know, what the fuck, $100 a gram? Nobody has that kind of money. He's not exactly saying it that way. But that's kind of the point, that Elon Musk maybe has $100 a gram or more, but the rest of us don't have $100 a gram. So why are we talking about this luxury uh, hash or luxury cars or luxury whatever for the rich? What about the good stuff, the good quality stuff that decent, normal human beings can afford. That's a fair argument though, right? Like, uh, let's say for example, we were talking about, uh, in the, in our private chat, I guess, $120, uh, full melt hash, super yeah. fucking tasty, $120 melt, $120. I've had that hash before. It's wonderful. It's fa fantastic. But come on, who gets to, who, how many people can afford $120 a gram hash? Not all that many people realistically. And, uh, how do I put this? Those people don't deserve garbage, uh, hash or garbage flour or whatever. Where's their market? Where's their, uh, uh, whatever. Where's their, where's their, where's their scene? In the art of hydroplaning and collecting heads and static and tech and all that stuff. Like a lot of people can't even do that if they wanted to, they could spend five years trying to learn that shit and not be as very good at it. Right. So that $120 fucking thing that you got. Oh, that the irony with, with hash, and, ironically, and it's probably from, underpriced. Yeah, you're right. Like static. Well, from my it's my little 100%. view into that, some of those products that, that are that and like you say are that good the yield ratio back is like yeah if they don't sell it for that then it ain't even worth doing right yeah. these aren't things that like when you start getting to the cream of the cream it's not like you're you're going to be pulling like huge percentages back right so like that's all kind of part of it and that's what makes like, supply and demand is really what it gets down to right right and sort of as a person that I mean, tries again, to grow I guess that $120 shit, but I don't sell like really small amounts. What I have been most upset about over the years, decades of being in this game is there's no like when you deal with these broker guys, like, yeah, you see what they're getting for whatever price. I mean, they barely like, yeah, they won't pay but a hundred more for something that's like three times as good. Like now the only way you could achieve that is go direct to retail yourself, which that's what most of these people do. So when you find the guy that has that $120 full melt, yeah, 
it's it's there and it's gone but again actually but this is ironically kind of part of this uh there's a, you know a few things that i can think of i guess off the top of my head uh cheese making ironically is very expensive and very time consuming so even 25 dollar a pound cheese blah, 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 that's actually kind of underpriced the cheesemakers base basically barely oh, make any money good. same thing with hash actually that really high skill hash the freaking uh static tech or the dry sift or whatever the super weird uh, uh or what was that guy in arizona doing with the freaking uh solventless diamonds and all that different stuff that's super you have to know a ton of shit it's there's a, a super low yield on and on and on those products ironically are probably underpriced for the prices that they're charging but even then fang was just talking about thousand dollar well he was actually talking about more than that because we were saying that uh in that someone did the math that uh smash did the math that a thousand dollar ounce is 35 dollars a gram so a hundred dollars a gram is going to be like three thousand dollars an ounce can you believe that shit so we're talking about let's say for example also like a three thousand dollar gram of hash right we haven't mentioned that before like we've been talking about flour it seems so crazy to us what about the hash what about but but uh, you know franco himself his dad will fucking franco but uh, seth rogan or somebody go ahead if you take the pricing ratio in hash right and apply that to flour right yeah there's big differences you can buy a wholesale rosin that's pretty damn good for shit i you know pretty low prices for gram right but you're not going to buy that what we're talking about that six star whatever you want to call it that's the thing it's going to be tasty rosin but it definitely won't be a six star and and so if you did the the percentages of the value differences and applied that to the flour which is the same thing right it all starts there yeah but my gripe in the last 10 years is yeah there's no value difference like or if there is you really got to work a certain market and have a certain thing but on the hmm. basic market that's this everyone's prices or the the average prices yeah there's like very little difference like a, like a couple hundred bucks a unit from eh or decent to great like it's not like oh great is going to demand this well, that's price oversaturation that still I don't know. Maybe that won't yeah. go away. But then again, we talk about this all the time, that a lot of time you've said this many times, that the real kind of weed collectors, they don't really bother with that market. They go to their source, they pay the price that the source asks for, and uh, that's that. That market still does exist to some, to some degree. It's definitely a smaller part of the market now, but I don't know where I'm going with that. We well, of, and, and there's, the always, there's always good... Just like you say, in cheese and just about every product humanity's had, there is always this finer, you know, like of it. Uh, But where are you going to where are you going to find this in the recreational market? Where majority of these places, you're not are are companies that are backed by investors that have never even smoked a joint in their life, right? And you're going to say, hey, hey, guys. Fuck all making all that biomass. We're we're just gonna do small craft. They're gonna be like, fuck you, man. They they wanna be they wanna be the uh yeah the budget. even if you were able to like really no. set up a good business, let's say LA be very and, and, and 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 like had just real craft. Everyone knew everything on that shelf and it, it wasn't that overpriced. And you got in the way of all these other stores. They would either buy you out. Like, I think they just move I, you I out of the way. Possible. I think this is possible in some states, but in some states, they've made it the the price of entry to get into get on board uh, so expensive or nearly impossible. Like Washington State's a lottery system. 
you can't just go get a license like here in California. Here in California, might be possible because it's kind of cheap to get a license compared to, relatively to some of these other states. But it's that's another thing that's the problem is, is the, the regulations are all it's all controlled by each state. It's individual. We can't do any inner commerce at all. Like I don't know until until we have like some yeah. level of inner commerce where we're like you know somebody could buy you know somebody in Michigan could order the dude in San Francisco's craft fucking. Like, you know, say he has some, like, cherry pie thing or some, like, really craft Mindo breath and he grew it and he grew it in, like, say, San Francisco in the Bay Area and you get that certain terroir or whatever, right? Well, you might, you know, the guy in Michigan might want that, right? And he might he might pay $500 for that else. But um, well, right now imagine we if you could ever have a store that would have international access to the okay. finest products of, of every continent, like, oh, yeah. real Durban from there. Real Thai weed from here, real Colombian from there, real humble, oh, be. real local. You know, that's how it should be. Like, it's like you know, the, you know, they got be. those, uh, they got those clubs that people can join where they can get like a beer or a wine or a liquor from like you know every one every month, right? From like some region of the world. Like that's really cool for people that that, that really have a palate and enjoy that, appreciate that. You know. There should be something well, like that. I mean, I remember when all this was happening. There was people in the in, in the early stages that want that were pushing for us to model ourselves more after wine, the like, right? Which roughly probably would have been a better approach, where you had like wine, where you have tastings, and you have expensive wine, you have this wine. You know, hopefully, maybe over the time it will settle into that. Yeah, the only thing with that is. The only thing I can under, could say about they're going to have a bitch about is the dosing because uh, cannabis, the cannabis ten milligrams doesn't affect everybody the same way. Whereas where like they they've kind of know like you know how many shots of alcohol or body weight like they they got all that figured out. So I think they got. I mean, there probably is the math to figure that out for cannabis, but it seems like that's another really area that needs to be figured out. Yeah, alcohol is tiny. Yeah, it all depends on what your body can break down and how fast. But edibles, right? Like, you know, 10 milligram edible is going to affect me different than it's going to affect you. Well, yeah, because I can't feel a 10 milligram edible, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, like it won't do anything for me. I literally got to take, take about 90 milligrams to feel it. And yeah. you know, I have friends that take five and they're like high as fuck. And I don't understand that. Like, well... But I mean, I, I haven't drank wine in twenty years. But when I did, and some of this might just be this implied bias. Like sometimes I shared with people like really expensive wine, and I used to think, "Damn, the high's better. It's like a cleaner high." Except, like technically, there could be the something to that. Some wine has uh, nitrates, whereas, for example, uh, a lot of that higher end wine actually won't have those nitrates. There is something to that. Pesticides, okay. the fertilizers, the water, the terroir. All, all those come in a factor. And like, same like with weed. Like, so then, uh, really grown well organic, especially with like the best practices. Super smooth. And yeah, my friends, ideas, when we, a good, a good friend of mine, but let, let me interrupt you for just a second. A good friend of mine and I, we've been smoking the, the dispensary weed that I buy, and then we've been smoking. Now, granted, by the way, this is not even my freaking A grade bud. I'm about to harvest here in a second. I've had seeded bud for the longest time. So we've been smoking seeded bud, and every single time we puff it, she says the freaking, uh, uh, my bud basically is 
way smoother, basically. And it is. It's a, it's a tremendously smoother experience, basically. That's something that you can notice. 95% of the weed I've smoked that looks good or is even comparable aesthetically is harsh as fuck. Mm -hmm. And it's basically unsmokable. Like, I take bong rips um, and I, I'll hit like up to a gram at a time. And it's... Um, very noticeable when there's like heavy heavy metals or pesticides or fertilizers or anything unnatural in the flower it's like very noticeable when you're taking huge bong ribs so when i hit mine i can you know it might get hot but i can absorb all that smoke when i'm smoking maj the majority of the weed that's that's grown out there it's burns black and it just fucking mm. i can't even get half of it down um there's only a small percentage of um non-organic growers that can that's that produce smokable flour mm. and and still then i wouldn't recommend i know a lot of people listening are probably going to say no fucking way you guys are making this up but i don't know i I've, once again i'll get back to my tasting group and we'll freaking show it in real life yeah there are good synthetic growers for sure there are people there are people who can master any single i mean any tool any kind of method any any whatever you want to uh, say there are people who have mastered that so for sure i've smoked really 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 good uh so-called synthetically grown hydroponically grown in nft tables the freaking uh uh ebb and flow on and on and on you name it i've smoked something good from that methodology but consistently way 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 i don't know how do i say this it's hard for those methodologies to hit 10 out of 10 or or i don't know 20 out of 20 they might hit 7 out of 10 or 6 out of 10 every once in a while they'll hit that 10 out of 10 but it's you know it's so much easier with an organic grow to actually hit those 10 out of 10 i'm making this up right now i realize i'm making up the metrics but still no i get you like i will smoke a meat um organic flower that doesn't look aesthetically as pleasing any day over salt grown weed that's that looks perfect because Big puffed the, up pgrs yeah right most of the time it, it doesn't smoke good and and even if it and if i can inhale it um i don't feel all that great hmm. and so yeah man and and there are a lot of i'm always try, looking at you know what the best growers can do i know some of the best salt growers and sometimes you can't tell the difference um but at the end but still you know, if you consume that product long term, it's just not going to be that good for you. The salt grow. Okay, as a salt grow, I agree with that. But I also add that if you hold those people that you say that you can't really almost tell the difference, there'd be a common thread, and it's less is more, and that's the thing. Where, yeah, like salts are fine as long as you use the less is more with them okay once you start pushing them yeah no that's that's what we're talking but even about then, yeah. bud you you get the less is more but you then you don't get the kind of the harshness of, of oh synthetics, i'm not but you still I'm don't get that multifaceted complex that. flavor of the organics you just i don't i don't feel like that you can uh you can pull that. some Perhaps flavors away oh i'm sure you can i'm sure and i bet your bud is really good too but i've, I've smoked really good hydroponic weed i'm, I'm gonna be freaking honest yeah with you. i have I, i'll stand up for that i but even though i grow outdoor organic and i agree with the basic premise in the whole okay yeah that, right I, I i'm not arguing that no 
like it, it if you grow really good organic weed it's better than anything yeah there's a iriness there's there's a lot more complexity all the the little things even that, the high is a little bit more complex that I you think, can yeah. bring out yeah and it's in its natural state there's no argument there no now, granted, of you know. course, it's worth saying that some of this is part of that, and I've said it's basically, I think uh, Fang called it a, 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 actually, I don't remember what you uh, you called it, a, the experience. Anyway, but I've called it a tea ritual. You know, like I like to say, I have my, my tray, I have my scissors, you know, I like to chop up my weed mostly. Some people like to grind it. I, I just prefer to chop it, honestly, you know? And uh, there's a whole kind of a process in this. Where am I going to with this? Uh, fuck, I lost my train of thought with the tea ritual. God damn it. Uh, I don't give a fuck how the weed gets broken up. Break that bitch see, some up. Some people don't care. Yeah, some people don't care. <laughs> oh, I guess I was going to say that that organic part of it, basically, that that's part of the tea ritual for me. So, for example, uh, uh, my friends who are wine nerds, I'm not really a wine nerd, but I have friends who are super into fucking wine, right? And uh, uh, so, uh, uh, you know, they as soon as they, as soon as they, you know, my wine nerd friends, you know, they're not rich, but, you know, they have a wine collection, right? Not fucking sellers like rich people, but they you know, have a collection, of course, a few bottles, and they go over and they pick their bottle, or they picked it at the store, or wherever they, wherever they got the bottle, they pick the bottle, and kind of like with us, we pick our jar. You know what I mean? Like if, if, if you're a consumer, you've probably bought hopefully a couple different samples. Sometimes people buy one at a time. But one of the best things about being a grower is you can have multiple jars, right? And so we start to pick our jars. And from that first moment, we're already basically savoring the weed already. This is something that people don't realize. In the tea ritual, the whole ritual basically lowers your blood pressure. It's been shown to lower your blood pressure while you're boiling the water. You know, while the Japanese people are boiling the water, while they stir the freaking leaves, while they do whatever, while they're literally walking into the room where they make their tea, their blood pressure is already lowering. And so I guess what I'm saying is that this whole experience of picking the weed to where you're chopping up or grinding or whatever, rolling the weed, then licking the paper or whatever you're doing it. Um, I've lost my train of thought a little bit, but still I was going to tie that into the whole luxury or craft experience. Sometimes for those things you'll pay, I've lost my train of thought too much to fucking finish that thought. Anyway, the squirrel some of that made sense. What's that, uh, Smashed? The squirreling was awesome. Dude, I like Gorilla Glue. It's fucking, it's, it's frustrating how good it is. It's a fucking garbage plant, honestly. It's not a very strong plant. So honestly, I think that's one of the reasons why I've enjoyed the Gorilla Glue crosses, because up until recently, I never grew Gorilla Glue. I grew their crosses, and the crosses were amazing. The Gorilla Glue herself is fucking frail. Like, if you look at her wrong, she just fucking... I, she, I haven't had any problems with uh, herming, but she's definitely just like, I've had plants just fucking die, or half the plant just dies off. It's just, it's a weak plant, honestly. But the flowers spectacular Again, well, you know hey, last week my my other partner gary he asked me and, and and my response like I, at the time i didn't think but i gave it and then in the last week i really realized what that it's more the genetics like right now in our rotation because we're sort of back to monocropping more five strains for about almost a year right uh one left and one added right and he was asking me what i because i you know what my thoughts were on them right and my answer was if i i was stuck with just any one of these nah but but that i have all five and i can rotate them right like smoke this kind and that kind you know mix it up 
oh, it's great. It's a perfect variety of like flavors and stuff. It's got, we got apples, bananas from Compound and grape gas from Compound and Don Mega and, and Cheetah Piss. Yeah, those are the five. But I realized there were times when I had grows that I would say, oh, no, but if, if I only could just have one, I just want this one and I'd be good. Like, like, like there were years when I had this OG thing going really good. If that was the only weed I had, I'd be good with it. That shit was fucking everything. Uh, when I was running Blackwater heavy, that same with that. Bubba Kush before that. There were some weeds over the years. But in this current thing, yeah, these are all the, I oh. guess you'd call them hype strains. These are the ones the customers fucking want. Uh, yeah, but if I was stuck with any of these, and they're all pretty fucking, they're fucking good, right? Oh, no, they, like, after a few days, you'd be, like, over it. You know, even the grapey is grape gas, or the fucking apples, banana, they're all dank as fuck, right? But if that was the only weed you had, like, you just had one, uh, yeah, that it wouldn't be, you'd be over it in, like, three, five days. You'd hit a ceiling with it. Mm. Where a lot of these strains of today that are so hyped up, yeah, they're like ceilings. Like, they're good. Especially when you first get it, you're like, wow, wow. But or the after, fucking 20-minute high. Can you? I can't even believe yeah. the amount of 20-minute highs out there. And I hate, I hate to say it because a lot of the, I guess the biscotti crosses are different, but a lot of the gelato crosses are like that. Just half hour 40 minutes and then you're just literally like where's where's the weed again seriously or uh, i'll smoke it with a light smoker friend and doesn't even get high you know what i mean that's how you know some shit is basically boof when even the light smoker doesn't get high that's some that's some fucked up boof right there you know it's good when you put the joint halfway out and then you go back for it i mean that's a good one. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, that's one of the best judges of the quality of your food. You know, if you basically have leftovers and they're still tasty and they don't taste like garbage or look visually like garbage, the oil hasn't separated into, like, chemically bits or whatever, then you actually know it was whole food with, like, real cheese and stuff like that. So, I don't know. I guess there's truth to that, too. Um, but you wouldn't do that with a cigar, though. My, like, you don't you don't relight a cigar. I, you basically fuck it up yeah, and let it go. To, man, I don't know. No, it changes stuff. the flavor completely. Yeah. So I guess with yeah. the joint too, it changes the flavor too much. I don't know. That's debatable. Yeah. And, and I, I'm always like trying to like assess all the weeds I go through. And I smoke joints. And usually in the morning, there's like third joints from the day before. And I'm just too lazy when I first wake up to roll. Like usually I don't roll a fresh one until after I hit the. They're basically roaches from the night before. But a lot of times that tells me a lot because some of them, yeah, they're, next thing you know, you smoke that thing all the way down to nothing left, right? Other ones, even though it looked good, to, started off really good, yeah, it, that, it's, they don't always smoke good at, at sitting out for a night and then relighting the joint. But there are some weeds that fire all the way to whatever, even probably if you found that roach six months later, it'd be fire. You miss, you missed an opportunity. You should have made like your, your gaffer tape stuck with the gaffer tape. I can still do that. That's a good idea. Uh, 
anything in. Like a microphone. Fuck off. That's a great idea. Like a microphone stuck to a record or something. Why would you stick a microphone to a record? That's a stupid idea. Microphone stuck to a lapel, like a denim lapel or something. That's a great idea. I'm going to totally do that. Nice. Well, By the way, this Gage is a genetic make, designer. Make apparel or has art. He does, I believe. Part we're of looking his at some thing. of it right now. Uh, we're looking oh yeah. At oh, right that's now. his stuff. Look at that. Yeah. Well, uh, like art's in the eye of the beholder, and that value in art is like that. It's, it's arbitrary. It's not. It's art, right? I suppose that's true. Yeah. I mean, there's you a lot of people who would not that. pay. I, well, first of all, let's just set aside the fact that we probably, most of us don't have a hundred and something million dollars, but a lot of us probably would not pay a hundred and something million dollars for a Van Gogh if we had the money. Some of us would. Now, wait a minute. Like the one guy I've gone to the showings, I follow and then are always, I appreciate it. Oh, I like Van Gogh. Okay. That guy, I, the fact that he cut off his ear, the whole story, that guy, Poor arms, guy, like, he was just hey, about to be I, a massive success. Like he had a bunch of uh, uh, gallery yeah, showings and, and stuff and set I, up, and then I, he I'm, fucking, a, I, yeah, I'm 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 psychedelic, and like I've looked at his art, the same basic big name pieces, and always find new directions in it. Even though, it it, uh, like, and for me, yeah, it's like I could see, yeah, I don't know. Other. I don't know about hundreds of millions of dollars for a painting or anything, but. Like, uh, yeah. As Bueller said, if you have the means, um, yeah, no, I like Van Gogh for sure. If I were a multi-billionaire, that's the kind of stupid shit I would spend my money on. Well, and apparently, and you also the, have to look at that those certain things are investments, right? Like, oh, oh sure. wait, go back twenty years, and that painting was only worth this, and you know, like one of the certain paintings, the the percentage of you know price goes up like even collector car yeah so once you have money then it's all it's not just i mean there's an argument there's an argument there but the the reason why those incredible prices exist basically for the art market is basically because of money laundering by uh the russian oligarchs and so and so forth there's a whole basically subtext Uh, to that but anyway, whatever. Let's Anywhere change the subject for a moment. But let's change, let's, let's change the subject for a moment. Uh, yeah, I wish that weren't the case. But let's talk about this for a second. What is it to be... We didn't have a chance really to talk about this actually last time you were on here, Fang. What is it to be a genetic designer? I think I asked you the question. We had, a, I don't know, just five... It was like the last question I think that I asked you. What is a genetic designer as opposed to, let's say... Uh, and I guess in the context of like terrible names, a couple of friends of mine laugh every time, uh, they talk to me or whatever else they go, like, oh, you're a seed breeder. And they laugh. Cause it just, the, this, the word seed breeder sounds stupid. <laughs> it just sounds kind of dirty and everything else. Whereas genetic designer, although maybe a little bit more abstract, sounds quite a bit more high end, for example. So that's a, a great part of the process by itself. What does it mean to be a genetic designer? It just came to me, I guess, the um, the name to me, like essentially a geneticist or a breeder in the role of the cannabis enterprise is to be the creative uh, force behind the the show. I mean, like at the end, at the beginning, at the end, the breeder is creating the ultimate um, expression mm-hmm. and the breeder oftentimes creates the is the um, the person who creates the name and that name oftentimes 
instills a virtue or an energy into the strain that could essentially even the name itself could drive the entire fucking strain mm-hmm. but um that being just one aspect i believe that as a seed breeder or creator um really someone who's mastered every part of the grow that's what allows you to become a breeder um is that you're the creative driving force behind the brand or the entity or the community that you know respects or grows your genetics and so i really kind of i took inspiration from like the the idea of the creative designer Hmm. which is the um the leader of i mentioned before an atelier which is the fashion house of um say a luxury uh, yeah, you're the tastemaker. You're like Coco Chanel or you're, uh, what's his face, Tom Ford or one of those guys, right? You don't necessarily design each individual item, well, at least in those uh, circumstances, they didn't uh, de- design each individual item, but they set the entire tone of the the company. Coco Chanel is a bad example because right. she was a terrible no. person, but still. Uh, it's a great example, and I love how you talk about food. Um, you were talking about the way uh, that a chef prepare or the tea ceremony mm-hmm. um which is then, you know, I think we've mentioned before, like a sushi chef or like the, the whole process uh, it takes to to create um, fine dining experience, which is the ultimate expression of hospitality, which is also um, something that we need to draw a lot of um, inspiration and, and knowledge from to to be uh, to bring into cannabis, because all I see is like a very grotesque model of um serving cannabis that i feel like can be upgraded tremendously i think that it's the role of the creative to to um to manifest these visions however i i can justify and i i see the reason why a lot of these um cutting edge creative ideas cost more and and the reason why is because the creative is the original source of the idea AKA that person deserves to get paid for the creativity that is manifested because sooner or later the world is going to just copy and pillage and utilize. I hate to say pillage because that sounds negative. Not only that, but honestly, how many times have we seen wonderful concepts from Ford or, you know, any of these other companies that then got basically ripped apart by bean counters. So the designers themselves, they had, you know, a money is no object perspective. So in your, in your discussion, the designer is not thinking, Oh, this costs $37 to manufacture in our factory. They don't give a fuck. They're trying to figure out what the future of their brand uh, is going to be or the the style of their sweaters or whatever else. Right. And then the bean counters come in and cut it apart. Yeah, you're paying for creativity, the the ingenuity or the um, the ex- execution rather than the materials. Hmm. You know, it's not. It's about the fact that you are supporting someone who's creating the most cutting edge styles and um, you know putting on putting you on to new looks and silhouettes and 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 you know flow that you might not have had. Um, without you know and so same with the genetics we are um, elevating growers and brands and other breeders in a way that you know um, a creative designer does in fashion and so like that's kind of 
a lot of the inspiration for the genetic designer name. Hmm. Um, I draw from other industries uh, continuously, and uh, I'm constantly inspired by what other you know creatives have done in their fields. Um, people who are at the you know prime of their careers or um, who have developed incredible businesses or, you know, have influenced or impacted society. Like that's what I hope to accomplish through cannabis to bring ultimately like this, the highest form of expression and art and, and um, just good intention to manifest something that's uh, what we know we all deserve, but we know that we are you know able to accomplish i feel like we know that there's a better world out here there's a regenerative future that we're trying to tap into and i'd like my company my brand to be the catalyst for that um whether it be to bring more natural awareness for natural farming natural healing or simply just being more conscious about every um every thought you know and bring awareness to how we engage with cannabis I think we'll transform humanity and uh our brand and my company is just solely focused on bringing about you know that vision hey i don't really like i'm not a person that supports any of these legal brands mainly because they all seem to be going to the lowest common denominator but what you just said is something I would support because that's like what's missing really because like in the short period of time we none of that what you're talking about developed just really the lowest common denominator of like ruthless business and 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 that seems to be the path that is 99 point whatever percent are on right so right. it's a breath of fresh air what you're saying it's uh, uh i can't you know i'm definitely not the originator of these ideas i learned all this from the older heads and the community you know and and it's just what the energy of the plant is um it's about healing it's about reintegration and integration and harmony and um i i would like to see us bring about the healing in the community and the world that cannabis on an individual basis can can do for humans you know like just the the tremendous amount of benefits that i've that cannabis has instilled in my life um the ability to regain body symmetry and wholeness and connectivity and um like to eliminate the my back pain and a lot of the suffering I grew up with through the meditation that I gained from cannabis um, I can't not share that with others and I can't not see a better community yeah. and a better humanity you know you you saying that brings up to me that I've noticed in mushroom psychedelic movement that there's like like actual credit being like you know like academics saying oh mushrooms are relieving this 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 all these things right all these years in a cannabis as far as the medicine and all that goes there's 
still not like, wait, when it comes to people with anxiety, all these things that, you know, individually that cannabis brings to people. They haven't been able to do studies yeah. on them, but that's all it is. Yeah. Well, somehow they've been able to do it on mushrooms real quick, like, because, like, like actual psychiatrists and the big groups are, are praising the... truth, the, I think they actually had studies on a lot of those things, because mushrooms were not illegal until the, basically, yeah, like, the fucking Reagans. Yeah. Like, that was, you were talking about LSD and everything else, uh... What was the dude that got busted for a fuck ton of, of, of weed, but then he basically wrote to the... I'm, I'm misremembering half this story. There was a dude that got busted, and the uh, cops thought they had him for heroin or something, but actually he had a bunch of LSD, and they had to give him his LSD back when he wrote a letter complaining about it, and they had to drop the charges and stuff, because at the time, LSD was not illegal. I'm, rem I'm misremembering the, who it was. Oh, whatever. Anyway, but long story short, a lot of the psychedelics were not illegal until... 35 years ago well, that. my dad got sent to federal prison over a half a joint possession yeah, from a federal agent and acid was legal the Ridiculous. day that that happened like 60 whatever hmm. right yeah acid was legal for a long time actually into the mid 60s which is not to say that it shouldn't be legal it's just that that is such a ridiculous uh arbitrary dichotomy anyway uh we were talking about uh by the way fang it's super late for you if you'd like to bounce or something you're more than welcome to we're very much enjoying your your company so we're, we're happy to have you as long as you're welcome to as long as you're uh, enjoying yourself but it is obviously yeah, very late it. where you are yes I, I love hearing you guys talk it's it's refreshing to hear Cheers. a positive you know perspective from others Cheers. so appreciate, appreciate that Fuck yeah we, we really like weed. This is the kind of, I don't know, weed nerd nation, I guess. I guess that's Eagle's show, honestly. But seriously, like, this is the sort of weed nerd universe, you know? We, we're, we're big fans of weed, and a lot of us basically do it with or without the money. Many of us would continue to grow weed with without any kind of money incentive, you know what I mean? A lot of us started basically without any money incentive. Um, you know, where am I going to with that? It's not that we don't like money or something like that. We live in a freaking capitalist society, but still. Love uh, Go ahead. I was just saying, no, you just love weed. Yeah, we love weed. That's it. Yeah, enthusiasts. That's it. Exactly. Yeah. It's refreshing. And probably a lot of us are connoisseurs in mm -hmm. the true sense of what the word connoisseur means. Yeah. I've no, seen a lot of people just talk about the business side, mm -hmm. you know, because that's a, little, a lot of what I'm, I have like one foot in um, and, and, and it's like, it's nice to be able to step out of that and really just talk about cannabis mm -hmm. and not profit behind it yeah um the, but i the, the, i love the investigation into like luxury and what that defines and, and what that is because i do believe that there could be a whole class on it i feel like um it's worth a discussion um i think having a more of bringing a luxury perspective into cannabis has been my goal since the very very beginning um i see my our our brand is one of the first luxury brands in cannabis and having you know touched some of the highest numbers we continue to strive to just do our best art um it's not really about greed but about you know creating the highest form of 
artistry. You know, there's something that is not discussed often enough because it's a, a weird part of our society that there is so much inequality and stuff. But honestly, one of the, we were discussing this a little bit earlier, uh, and, and I, I guess, honestly, to be honest, I was thinking about this and I didn't say it out loud. When you get to be, we've uh, B- uh, Bud Kilowatt has mentioned Neil Young and how he only travels in like biofuel buses and da da da, and he only tur- tours to certain places. And some people make fun of him, but honestly, he's gotten to a point in his life where he just lives his best life, and he's he knows that his life is not infinite, and he just basically only does stuff that he enjoys, and that's it. That's all there is. There's no th- that's the end of the sentence. There's no well, negativity wait, to that. Thing, it's just like he's, he, he's not immortal. And one of these days he's going to uh, be gone. And so he just does the stuff he wants to do. And let yeah, me finish my it, thought real quick, bud, that basically uh, that having uh, an ample income basically allows you to live that kind of a free life that honestly liberates you in a way that does not liberate someone who makes an adequate income. It's an interesting, yeah. I don't know, it's a discussion maybe for another day, but still. But like, you know, when he's been, you know, he did a really good interview with Rick Rubin, where really explained, because, you know, he sold half of his rights, but got this massive amount of money, which he says is his fuck you money, because now, like, he's, nothing he does is dictated by money for the rest of his life, and he feels like he's earned it, right? But when it comes to all those things he does, he his whole principle is, like, if I didn't do... He, you know, he has his own little archive where he writes notes, Neil Young archive. A couple weeks ago, he wrote an apology because him and Daryl Hannah's wife wanted to go out for dinner and they took the whatever year, whatever car that was a gas guzzler. And he had to apologize because he feels like, well, if I say all this shit and then don't do it, then it's his bullshit, which like a lot of people do. Right. So his whole thing is, well, if I'm going to say all these things, then I'm going to live those ways 100 percent, no matter what they cost or whatever. And that's pretty and much what he, he did. Gets to do that. I, yeah. Not everybody gets to have that lifestyle. You know, and he wrote this whole letter apologizing to everyone or, you know, fans or, or just to the public saying, yeah, there's still nothing like a VA on a nice uh, whatever day. And, you know. Like the real this reality, is is, yeah. you know. He's not lying. So, <laughs> you know, I, I I love that guy for for what he says and stands for, and actually lives, which is what's most important. You know, and like most people don't a, get to. A, yeah. So if you get if to have that, fuck, seize it, but with both hands, with the shit. Why would you ever give it away? It always mar. I always marvel at people who make fun of that kind of lifestyle. Why would you ever? Why would you ever laugh in any way at somebody who well, has complete control of their much fucking as, life? As he went through decades with the oil being the main bad. You know, he had a lot to say about that. No. He's less. That's that's the least of the problem. Not lesser problem. He calls it the industrial farm complex, right? Like that. They are apparently some of the biggest polluters in the world. Yeah. Yeah, like they're the ones that do this. They're the ones that this. They're the ones that. And then what I see, like the fear of I see happening to cannabis is, yeah, at some point that's that's who's going to get in, you know, and that system. That's where all these big corporations lead mm-hmm. to. That's who, like, you know, like even you mentioned Burner, a few other people. Hey, whether they want to admit it or not, these guys are positioned when this next level con- conglomeration happens. 
there'll be these like massive buyouts of these yeah. brands, like billion dollars and shit. It'll be in story. Oh yeah. And then you'll find out, Oh, well there was a whole investor group and it wasn't one person mm -hmm. that, was, oh no! I've, know, I've he, already heard quite a bit. I'm sure. I'm sure other people right. know more than I do. But, but yeah, I've but heard it all those, just one those that whole play is just to be in the right place to be one of those things. Which is, hey, that's American entrepreneurship. That's the way. That's that's success. There's can't knock that. Can't knock that. You know. Uh, but like some of these guys have been asked about that. Like, oh no, I would never. Bullshit. The day that that big is offered you have no choice that's the other thing like they're going to pin you in oh well that's, that's different I think we're talking about a couple of different things but if, if you're talking about those buyouts yeah i think a lot of people honestly if they're if they're honest with themselves would take those huge buyouts but the path to that buyout i think is where we're talking about more the the, the bad behavior and everything else that's what we're kind of shit on the i don't well, know I mean, perhaps we're talking about different I, things like like you know everyone's uh, six driven it would be the, the, a great place to be where you had enough money. How, like, you know, I mean, you know, each person has their own level of what they're going to do to get that money. But all right, you get that money to where you're no longer worried about, like, well, how you're going to make money next in the future because you, you got it, right? That's ultimately, like, you know, and some people get there and know that's not enough. They want to keep going up. But like to me, if you could get to a point in life where you had the, what you know, your desires, a good house, all these things, you know, basic shit, and you weren't controlled by money anymore, that would be success. That would be game over. You know what I mean? I wouldn't then go, well, fuck, I want to have way more than that. Or no, me, I think I would just be like, good, right? I don't even know what that's a movie. They say, target. unfortunately, the skills that it requires to get to that point where you've kind of won capitalism do not allow you to relax and just enjoy the winning of capitalism. Yeah. And basically, they're just like compelled yeah. to continue. Yeah, the money itself it has its own thing. You're just riding it along at that mm -hmm. point, right? You know, I think you think you you'd be at like what I'm trying to say, but most likely, no, you'd just be caught up in it. That's the nature of the beast. Cheers, by the way, Susie Sherlock. Just noticed your hello in the chat. Good to see you. Bonjour, Christophe. Uh, big force, buddy. Uh, uh, so Organics. Good to see you, my friend. Welcome. Who have I missed here in the I chat? I mean, myself, I know that if I ever had Comment. money, Cheers, buddy. I wouldn't be able to stop buying hyper and super cars like i follow the latest like oh now we're talking cars they're like millions of dollars millions of dollars and oh next year there's a way better one for millions of dollars if yeah i i don't know if i would i would probably be on a quest just to have like the craziest amount of cars because like that's since i was a little kid that's my yeah and, and you and Jalen tree Rev well, he has a wide collection of cars. No, I'm not into those. No, just the latest, greatest super hyper cars. and super cars because they keep coming. There's all these different brands and names, not just the ones y'all know for our community and that. And, well, and the difference between you and Jay Leno is that you actually were a race car driver, right? Like, uh, from what yeah, I understand, he's yeah, an okay driver and stuff, but you were a race yeah. car driver. Yeah, I would drive him. I would. Even though most people, when they spend that kind of money, they're not really like, yeah, to have that kind of money and just 
have them as cars that you would use, not cars. Because a lot of them are investments, and they don't drive them. That's uh, do you know? The, do, do you remember Mr. Bean? He actually daily drives his McLaren. And I, uh, there was a famous story about how McLaren wanted to buy his car back because he kept like wrecking the fucking thing, and he was like, "No, no," because apparently I, I can't remember why they wanted it back. I guess it was. A but here's the here's the like, no, here's the thing driving it. that I've seen in L.A. Oh, I've seen. Oh, there's cars that are like the, you know, hundred of thousand dollar car. But every once in a while, you'll see a real, you know, supercar in L.A. where the potholes and the roads would be like, no, so special. no. Yep. Like, like, yeah, you'd have to have a place where at least you had smooth roads, okay? Because cars like that are very rigid. They're like not meant for that. That would be like and the wear and tear on it. And yeah, LA roads, there's not, you can't even have a car like that. Like, it's stupid. You know, there's too many other cars that would ride smooth through all that shit, like a good Rolls Royce or something. But, the hypercars? Oh no, no, no! They need smooth rock asphalt under them to to be good. And LA doesn't have anywhere that is that anymore. No. <laughs> On the way out to the airport over here, there's this really janky side street. If you kind of know to you know take a little shortcut, basically, and I kept seeing like rolls rices and shit on this half gravel road basically and i'm like what the fuck is this like literally like i think i saw a ferrari one time a couple of rolls royces or a few of them and i was like what is this some kind of weird like underground gambling thing no it was just platinum motor cars or whatever uh, uh basically in an industrial district around like metal recycling and whatever it must have been cheap there but anyway it's kind of funny uh, well, Florida. there used to be this guru. I There used to be this guru. I think he might have. I forget where his land was, but he had a. He was like an Indian guru thing out of the sixties. Forget this guy's name, but he had a different Rolls Royce every day. Oh, that, that was the, the Bhagwan Rajneesh. Yeah, he was. Yeah, uh, yeah. The Rajneesh, he's here in Oregon. That's yeah, to this day yeah, the only yeah. instance of uh, biological warfare on American soil. The Rajnichis poisoned a Sizzler salad bar <laughs> with, with uh, oh, I don't remember, uh, with, uh, fuck, not with Salmonella, I can't remember. What's up, Koski? But a bunch, of, a bunch of hippies followed that guy, like a bunch of hippies from the... 60s like believe in that guy and he drove around in a different Rolls Royce every day on this field I was like wait this shit's crazy that, how, how would you support that lots and lots of cult members that's how oh. yeah. what's the good word Koski Oh man, just just hanging out, just got out of work and stuff, you know. Man. No you ever grown any uh, Gage Green uh, genetics at all? You ever grown that Grape Stomper or anything? Um, yeah, Grape Stomper, yes, I have. Have yeah. you? Nice. Yes. Sweet. What'd it's you think of it? Awesome. Great stream. Right on. Unfortunately, I got one that was from a cut from somebody who fucking gave me PM, but that was... Uh, all right. You said the word Grape yeah. Stomper, right? The only licensed cut I ever grew that had the metric tag on it was gifted to me by sync angel the mm -hmm. matthew gates the ipm guy and this was a few years ago and it said kyle cushman grape stomper this is a licensed metric cut so wait who made 
because like somehow he takes claim to it, but like that guy's a shady guy from way back. But I'm curious because like a lot of shady guys in the industry. I mean, he probably just put his name on a specific cut that he worked with, you know? Yeah. Well, the the strain pancakes I grew was grape stomper into cherry noir from aficionado. It was really good, but it I had grape a, stomper in it. Aloha grape stomper is what I did. So it was uh, some fucking uh, uh, grape. <clears throat> Grape Stomper cut. I mean, Fang can test for this. That was sold. That was in that was in every dispensary at one point in two fifteen days. Like it was really popular. Same with the Mendo Breath. Um, there was a couple at Mondo Montage. That shit got hoarded out for a little bit. Yeah, Grape Stomper was like had a decade probably before Mendo, or or you know, before that took off. It was already in. All the bear shots. Well, Mendo Perps is my favorite weed, which Mendo Perps was like what it was, and then it became uh, like montage and this, that, and the other. But to this day, like as a weenage grouping, that that Mendo Perps, it's sometimes I've had it that has that smell, the exhale dankness in the room that's yeah. not even purple, it's green. Like there's a certain that Mendo perps genetic or whatever that whatever the we you know because that must come from something else earlier than that. But yeah, that's if I that's my favorite weed. That's my favorite weed. I remember dead shows in the eighties. People would be smoking that shit all the way across the Greek theater, and the smell wafted across. It was so unique. Then that was the the, the Mendo, and like herbs or green there was always this certain exhale dankness smell that comes out of that that so what i love about weedage. weed and weed itself bro it always has like nostalgia you smell it across it reminds you of something or it fucking brings you somewhere or, i love that man I love well that the shit. strain that yeah. i got uh, a cup win with from swerve was Blackwater. That's Mendo Perps, at least what he called whatever Mendo Perps he used, but he called it Mendo Perps into the SFV, uh, the SFV cut, and that was Blackwater, and that was a pretty like Mendo Breath is good. I, I love Mendo Breath, but if I could get my Blackwater back, that Reno from back then, yeah, that was my favorite of all the like expressions of mendo that that was a good one but now i want a cup with it so i have an emotional attachment i mean <laughs> uh, that that's fair but honestly i have emotional attachment to plants that i've not won cups uh, with and that's uh, uh, kind of a funny thought uh fang speaking of uh, uh we haven't even really had a chance to talk about any of the genetics that you're working with right now or some of the flavors that you're thinking about uh tell us about your current uh, stable your current lineup yeah um so actually on july 7 2023 which is 777 numeral numerologically we are dropping the manifestation and 777 is traditionally been very important to uh ggg because g is the seventh letter engage green group is 777 which is jackpot and 
also like uh, represents divinity and manifestation. And so it just was a perfect opportunity to create a strain named manifestation. Um, looked it up. There's really no strain called that. And I was like, man, that's awesome because that's like a perfect name. So called it manifestation. Um, it's drops July 7th, 2023, two plus two plus three is seven. Um, and the goal is to create something that brings about a lot of joy and beauty and um, serenity. Uh, we combine two of our best lines, the Tahoe Cure and the Om Mani Padme Home, which is the name of our miles ahead F2 strain. It was a very limited, you know, drop. Uh, I did a pheno hunt and found some very unique males. Out of that, I selected this, which I call the Om male. And the Om is the, the stud, essentially, this incredibly greasy and stinky and uh, really fat flower you know male fast flowering um and i've used it to pollinate the tahoe cure which is a unique female that my friend spacebound pheno hunted he is from western michigan and has been instrumental in the growth of gauge green group and sharing and trading genetics with me since you know way back one of the first guys to have like super fire ice wax dabbable dabbable bubble and you know had some has always been just an incredible organic grower so he uh shared the tahoe cure back with me it's a 33 percent testing super washing super high um you know return in in wash and um we're just uh really excited to kind of combine those two lines and so that's the manifestation. You can find it at all our authorized dealers, including Fumadoro Seed Bank. Highly recommend checking it out. Um, one of our new authorized I know dealers. That guy. We work with some incredible, incredible seed banks partners, and we're just grateful to be here and to be able to offer our best. These are obviously um, limited hand selected we only use the most premium most beautiful most luscious seeds everything we make is uh backed by our lifetime guarantee so you can um are pretty much guaranteed success we intend to provide everyone with champions and lifelong keepers so yeah please uh, support Fumadoro and um, the new genetic designer drop called manifestation Spread the word, let people know. Um, we put a lot of love into it. There's organic teas and uh, mood mats to go with the drop. So Man. definitely check it out. Right. I haven't looked at I haven't looked at Fumi's site in a while. I haven't put it up yet. Man. No, that's brand new. I have to put it up. The I have to maybe I'll put up a special page for it. I think I'll, I'll do that actually. I will say that was fucking super. What's super stellar? What you just said that what, what he did, all the shit he just said right there that was like. Spot on, bro. Good shit. <laughs> Thanks, dude. Yeah, yeah. I agree. No, I'm oh, just yeah. it's like, I mean, it's all <laughs> my vision, you know, like 
the best. Like, dude, we like don't even if, if there's a scratch on the seed, like I don't even want it in the pack. Like, which means like if the tiger stripe is not good quality, bro. Good shit, man. QC right there, you know, quality control. You burn it like Louis Vuitton, the ones with the scratches, the blemishes. <laughs> you smoke that shit, motherfucking house. <laughs> it is ser- a small series of yeah, but those, those are the those are the principles that you can find in all kinds of brands that be, have become legendary, right? That yeah, they only put out the best salad. product, right? Yeah. Oh, it's really just about like doing your best in every step of the way, you know, and not compromising, taking shortcuts, um, trying to do things cheaply or looking at things with that bottom line approach, but more taking inspiration and doing our best. Well, work. it seems like you accept that that you to scale this up, you would risk the integrity of the the product right which certainly can't you know certainly can't risk the integrity of the product of course it's like all about the integrity and and hopefully by creating integrity in what we do it leads to integrity throughout that's the goal i think what bud was trying to say is basically if you get bigger like you know i mean you know if you see if you would scale up I mean, it would like, you know, you take so much pride in your shit that like, would it, would it ruin the outlook of like, you know, the outcome of. Well, yeah, maybe I said it wrong, but I I implied that like he's from things he said that he already knows that (laughs) he's like, he said that in so many words. Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. Yeah. To that extent. Earlier. Super, you know, super, you know, uh, which, super integrity goes into it. You know, you know that, that's control. some of some, some like when we're trying to find luxury, these are some of the principles behind most luxury brands. Like, like even he, he points out that he pulls from all, all these different I mean, you know, but as, I, as we're talking about this, there's a little bit more to it too. And I, I don't know, perhaps this is just a, a, a freaking something i'm thinking of but there's not only attention to detail for example you know i was talking about that leather crafter earlier you know his his bags are lovely and you know i've seen all his other stuff that he makes he he spends a lot of time designing his products figuring out the 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 optimal way to do things and stitch them and so on and so forth but he has no real brand cachet so honestly you have to have that quality but you also have some kind of a cultural or social cachet some kind of a freaking uh I don't even know what that is. You know what I mean? Like basically yeah, something people has, just has really to like, fucking want. They want to be like yeah, you, yeah. basically, more than even that they want your stuff. They want to be like I you. I have that shit, man. Yeah. So there's yeah, been these they, artists in history, this uh, Jean-Bichel, Basquiat, and so on, that basically started selling during their lifetime, st- started to sell paintings for fucking $30 million and shit, right? Just because I think people just wanted to be like him. You know what I mean? I don't know. That was a, a price on myself, loud, but, motherfucker. Okay. Yeah, no, that's that's right. I mean, I would think it's like you know one of those like yeah. I I, I agree with you, Fumi. It's uh, you know, it's almost like we couldn't well, put a price in that shit. Like most art, yeah, it, the doesn't get appreciated in the in the you know value wise in the artist's life. 
Right. Right. Even in music. That's not necessarily true. A lot of modern art, it starts getting pretty well. It's, it's changed quite a bit, actually, yeah. So the back in the day yeah. where you know Van Gogh wasn't famous or something, there's a lot of artists these days in New York that are actually living pretty good lives. Uh, there's a photographer, uh, a, a German photographer, who sells his photographs for like $4 million a piece. Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, it's ludicrous shit. Uh, what kind of photographs? That's beautiful, man? though. He, he, he made a standpoint somewhere, bro. Uh, he definitely is breaking are, through. Are they uh, nature or are they landscape? Uh, they're or? hyper realistic uh stacked images here i'll show you in a second uh so if you go to different angles it actually shows different like a different no it's probably not anything like what you're thinking hold on i'll 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 find a picture of this fucking guy what is his fucking name yeah Uh, i want to see because art's huge in boston you know that bro it's fucking crazy around here so like we have like he'll build a new fucking structure uh uh, some art art whatever else and you do you go buy it and it'll be four different pictures like it'd be four different things, you know what I mean? Like it'll be like Andreas, a, uh, weird shit. Nightbot's fucking with people. Oh, is it? Was it? Fuck yeah, it doesn't like doing? the emojis. Oh, yeah, that's it right. Emo- it hates emojis. But you, you know what? I already t- I places. already changed it to like. 13 emojis are allowed. Do you want me to change it to like 20 emojis are allowed? Then all the like audience will just be. I think they're trying to fuck with well, emojis on purpose. This is the guy I, right here. Andreas I'm curious, Christmas. like why emojis are bad like they're especially i mean i guess you could have custom ones that might be appropriate but the ones that you can choose are like why are those bad they're way people communicate at this point and, because and, it, it's it's like the algorithm you put them in bro they're like fuck you oh i yeah okay so one bad apple and the rest of yeah the you know that's how it is bro how it what is this that we're looking at this is like called fucking. Cocoon, and it looks like it's a rave, maybe? I'm not really 100% sure, but this is one of his images. Uh, he has this very distinct style, but people fucking shit their pants to get a hold of his paintings, and literally, he probably like, sold f- this painting for like a million dollars. looks like a storage unit, bro. This is basically a Home Depot. Bauhaus is basically a Home Depot in Germany, and so this is okay. basically the back of essentially a Home Depot. So it's not even like an Ikea, huh? Sure. Not really, no. Conflict. Oh, there, I mean, there's there's Ikea, in, Ikea in Germany because that's a German company, isn't it? No, Ikea is uh, Swedish. Oh, well, it's yeah, fucking Dutch, actually, but it used to be Swedish. This is All called right, well, Conflict in German. Conflict? Schleife. Uh Apple. That's fucking true. They use this actually for marketing for <laughs> Apple. Uh, this is their new headquarters. Let me find the painting that sold for like fucking $4 million. Uh, it was this one. Uh, uh, and then uh, Julian Freud, I want to say is the guy's name. Uh, I think he's passed away already, but he was selling paintings, I shit you not, for like $100 million a piece. While he was fucking alive. Don't ask me how. He must have sold his soul to the fucking devil. I have no idea. Okay, this That's cannot crazy. possibly... I'm literally clicking these images there like potato quality. Has anyone noticed that Google has just gone to <laughs> shit lately? Like all the images are just absolute potato quality images. God damn. Well, you have to go to um, the options or whatever and search uh, only high resolution. There we go. Used to be you didn't have to do that. No, you didn't have to do that shit before at all. It's fine. We'd automatically just do it like, hey, 
we can got it. And it's like, okay, not fucking pixelated shit, like 128 or some shit. Right. Fucking internet's gotten so much worse with this. Here we go. This is... All right, this is... All right, close enough. This is uh, Rhine, uh, whatever, the Rhine River, uh, one of the biggest uh, uh, rivers in Europe. This is Rhine 3. He didn't get $4 million for this one. He got a little bit less. But uh, Rhine oh, 2 little, little got Not this one. Rhine 2 got like $4 million. Oh, okay. So it's the same yeah. picture, just Photoshop? All right, cool. Uh, probably a different part of the year. Oh, it's, yeah, that's all it is, dude. Literally Good the grass, same spot. Live grass. Not even the same spot. He's 12 feet off, bro. Fucking. Sorry, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I think he's in the same place. See that little scar uh, there uh, in the, this, in uh, the well, distance? If you look at the, look at the road, look at the probably, road. Look at the uh, road. Ready? Right, and go to the next picture and see the road. Uh, a little bit closer. It's 12 feet. 12 feet. Mark my words, bro. Where are we at on the road here? Any? I don't see any marks. Watch, watch. Ready? Watch. Go to these, the green. These are all paintings, but then they have no, an these appearance are of like a... Oh, these are photographs. Because I was say, some of these look like photographs. But you, you said painting a couple times. You got me confused. Uh, sorry, that that was the guy, Julian Freud. Here, I'm going to look him up in a second. Uh -oh. He's so actually this guy related to Sigmund Freud. Photo. Uh, well, let me think of this oh, guy. Oh, Sigmund Freud, and it didn't end up well. Store. But there's a quality to his photographs that seem like a painting, maybe a little. Correct. I mean, yeah, and that, I think that's one of the reasons why people uh, shit their pants for his stuff, because they are quite painterly. So this image got him a huge amount of press, basically. I think this actually got him to be famous, and it was basically a picture of essentially the 99-cent store. I think this is actually literally the 99-cent store. There we go. And it was one of the, this was way back when he made this in 2001. So he actually made it with a film, with a film, basically with a large format film camera. And he did something that's actually pretty easily doable now, even with like an iPhone, not necessarily an iPhone, but with any kind of a, a halfway decent uh, camera that you can basically take RAWs with, you can stack the images. You can get that software pretty much anywhere. There's, there's apps. You can do it actually probably on your phone too, to, to be honest. But back then, it was a lot more difficult, and he'd basically stack this image. So if you notice, if I kind of zoom in a little bit, everything is in focus all the way back. And so it had this very unusual painterly kind of quality that people just fucking shit their pants. And they're like, oh, my God, who's this guy? And so they just started showering him <laughs> with money. Who's this guy who fucking took a good picture? We don't even notice like guy holding a baby or something like that in the fucking aisle three. Or any of the people, really. You don't really but even know that, it's an interesting and concept. You know, the geometric nature of all the candy bars and, and everything likely, else. most you likely, know. like if you say this is what got his thing going where he started selling art to obviously millionaires for millions of dollars, mm -hmm. most of the people never stepped foot in a night. That's true, too. <laughs> it's like a zoo. I do have I live around like what fucking is like this? four or five of them. Look bro. at the they're candies fucking... that they're eating for three ninety nine. And they're like they Spanish candies, Spanish Swiss handmade chocolate spice. Dude, there's like different fucking chef. candies from different countries at those dollar stores, bro. And I'm telling you, <laughs> I, I get some Vietnamese I'll candies. That don't even and some fucking takis and shit, bro. That are pretty good. That are like these little like fucking cookie things with like it's like a straw looking shit that has like filled like chocolate fucking I don't even know. So it's my like, apologies but there may be some uh, painted awesome. wieners on this current uh, uh, search here. Uh, anybody who is currently super religious and cannot see painted wieners, please look away. Uh, this is, these are images by that guy Julian Freud. 
this one right here, I think this was a self-portrait. In fact, it is a self-portrait right there. Uh, hey, his dick right there, That's bro. his wiener right there. I think he made some crazy, stupid amount of money for that uh, image right there. I, I, I actually don't remember, but it was stupid. This guy, this is the guy that was making like $100 million for a painting before he died. He was still alive, and he was making that kind of money. Don't ask me why, but he was. Very fucking... He's very though. distinct. I mean, this is style is painting? very distinct. Oil paintings, yeah. Reminds me a little bit of a painter that I did sick. like very much back in the 1920s and 30s. Actually, he died of the Spanish flu, Egon Schiele, from Austria, but like a fucked up diarrhea version of it, basically. It's kind oh, of interesting, but I'll, I'll some people this. obviously loved it. So My dad owned an art gallery in, in, on Coldwater Canyon my whole life. He's in the art business. I've always friends artists, so I grew up around art. Every single thing you've shown, and you know, I'm not no expert, but I saw the like high level of art in it all. Even the, this last one, those are some like intense, like capturing what whoever's face. I mean, there's this. This is art. Like I sometimes I see weird art that I wouldn't consider that talented. You don't have to be that talented to do that sells for a lot of money too. Like whatever you call that. To me, it's like the first people they've that, that that have done that. Like actually put it forth. That's a big part like, of it. Yeah, yeah. The, the trendsetter basically because it's easy to it copy yeah, an it's idea. All it is, it's, it's dude. Challenging I mean, to come up with an idea. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're like, oh, that's yeah. not that fucking, you know, in your opinion. But they're the person that fucking set that shit. Mm -hmm. Put on the map on their industry, and, and you can't knock a motherfucking hustler. <laughs> no, a really famous example of that is uh, Jackson Pollock. You know, people will see uh, uh, exhibits of this, and they'll be like, the fuck is this shit? My fucking diarrhea kid could do this. <laughs> uh, Finger painting in this diaper. And and it's true, 100%. Uh, your kid could do these uh, 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 images. I just misspelled But Jackson. he didn't, oh, so shut the fuck up. Oh, Sit down, let this guy No, that's do the thing. thing. He, this guy did it first, basically. This guy came up with this style. First of also that it's a lot different than you think you know when you see this you know uh, uh, if I show you this picture basically it doesn't look like much but these images are enormous these canvases are huge uh, probably 10 by uh, it's probably it's probably probably eight feet high by 25 feet wide and it's really overwhelming. You basically are, you don't stand in front of it, you kind of stand in it, basically. And it's this really, honestly, emotional experience of color. And it's very difficult to describe that to somebody when you just see it on a freaking screen. You're like, bro, you just literally, yeah. I mean, you well, can literally now, see what he's doing. Now, he just literally right drips paint bat, on uh, a canvas. Not, probably 99% of people do not have the wall space for anything like that. Only the 1% is... Is a customer of that. I don't think right? it's about I mean, wall space, though, dude. I think it's about the fact that, like, what he's feeling at the time. That shit, to me, like, I felt like I was walking through a, or looking over a giant fucking city street with a bunch of streets and connection. And, like, that's how I feel with that. Like, that's how, like, Boston looks to me. You know what I mean? Uh, like, that, there's like, a, that this one is picture one of... and stuff. I don't think it's about people actually buying this shit to put it on their wall. If they're millionaires, but you know as well as I do, their walls are a lot bigger than my uh, most. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, they don't, don't have the eight, eight foot ceilings. Yeah. They have the fifteen foot ceilings and shit. Yeah, hundred yeah. uh, percent. This is another guy. You know, people basically probably think like my fucking five year old kid could figure paint these in his fucking sleep. 
which again is actually true. Uh, but Mark Rothko's paintings, again, first of all, he was one of the first people to do this, blah, blah, blah. He was classically trained. He's actually from Portland. They're building a whole Mark Rothko wing of the art museum, basically, right between the, the two buildings right now. Anyway, so they're going to have a bunch more of his uh, paintings, and they had a, an exhibit of them uh, years ago. It's, uh, again, when you stand in front of these canvases, I guess you can kind of see, you can sort of see by his standing in front of it but you can probably see a little bit better by like that kid and that woman there basically standing in front of them these canvases essentially envelop you basically and he followed we were talking to oh, smash is not on right now uh, we were talking to smashed uh, briefly about color theory we were talking about the color wheel and he was using some clashing colors anyway mark rothko of course having been classically trained as a painter and artist and everything else he knew how to paint dogs and whatever the fuck right uh he knew a lot about how colors affect you emotionally and basically uh, uh or at least the early studies of that basically and he spent a lot of his life essentially researching that subject so he would basically create these canvases that were meant to actually give you or elicit an emotional experience and so sure enough i've seen people cry in front of these freaking paintings it's really something you're standing in front of like well, three and a half colors and you're brought and, to tears that's some shit that's and some shit they right seem, there. your kid could they that. seem to be very unique colors like oh, yeah. oh they're in the range <laughs> i recognize the range of that color but this these paintings are like particular like like right on the edge of a color you don't see often mm -hmm. right but fumi that was fucking priceless bro your fucking kid couldn't do that <laughs> Well, unless your kid yeah. uh that would be no, you're right though it's fucking three weird colors bro and you just stand right from, you're like again bro. your kid could pick three <laughs> random colors yeah but they're not going to basically follow color theory and yeah. make you cry and all this different stuff yeah i mean i don't know maybe you know maybe your hey, kid maybe, is yeah, fucking maybe, mozart yeah, a yeah. painting you never know but no I, I i'm buying it i'm buying it I, I I can feel that where that guy was coming from, just looking at those colors. So, like they, it, color is a thing, right? Mm -hmm. Like even it makes you feel like different it, fucking things, it, man. You know, like in the in most old mental hospitals, they had what they called the green room. It's a certain color, light white green, and it, and it, it was, I guess, they believe, or maybe it's proven that that somehow calms people that were like skits of, you know like out of control not only that yeah, yeah. Uh, red, red cars get into more car accidents red cars get into more car accidents a lot of people paint their kitchens yellow because it's a cheerful color but it's actually a fairly agitating color so a lot of people have arguments in their kitchen because of their fucking yellow paint it's probably not because of the yellow paint but the yellow paint pushes the like snowball down the hill you know what I mean it's one of those wow. kinds of things yeah uh, well, and even when it comes to the biggest brands, some of the the simplest color choice they own that, and that there's there's logic behind the colors, right? The color like combinations, colors. yeah, I got gotcha. you. Color well, is this ties a in. I mean, this might thing. sound like I'm just babbling randomly about color and whatever the fuck, which sometimes I do in fairness. Uh, but I think this does tie into the cannabis experience. Basically, we don't art. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, first of all, it would be nice if, if, if weed were more legal. It would be nice to have these more enveloping... I guess Fang is doing some of these artistic shows. I've been dreaming of having, like, uh, an exhibit of Mark Rothko paintings with a bunch of freaking, you know, wonderful hash in front. Can you imagine if you can get emotional in front of a painting? Can you imagine how emotional you would get fucking well, high off your, your tits on wonderful really, hash? Really, what it comes down to is craft cannabis is like practicing art. It's all if you take those principles, art principles that hey, art has a lot of sub 
sectors, music, paintings, mm. on and on. Growing cannabis, like, yeah, I've been doing it my whole life. I feel like, yeah, I used to think to myself, I wasn't something I said much, but I saw the, the parallels. Like I said, I grew up around art. My dad owned an art gallery. He was a museum quality, custom framer, all these celebrity things. Actually, when you uh, think about it, art is a luxury product. Uh, Even the cheapest art basically I, is a luxury. Like, yeah, kind of even what Fang, like what I see with Fang is, yeah, he's taking the art like, and bringing art into the cannabis where like most of the, especially in the legal licensed brands, oh, that, no, they, they, they hire marketers and PR people, and, you know, approach it a whole different way. They, they're eliminating the art, right? Big they're playing numbers. on the community and all this stuff. Oh, some, some, you know, oh, some of them like paint nice things inside their facilities and this, but it's all, it's not like really practicing art. Like, but then again, some of that is art, you know, like commercial production at a certain level, there's art in that too. And people, uh, you know? people love to hate Apple. In all fairness, there, there's a lot to hate. To be honest, there, there, well, a lot to dislike sometimes. But uh, you know, I'm talking on an Apple computer, and I've talked shit about this computer plenty of times. But they're one of the very few corporations that somehow are are able to capture uh, that kind of I don't know luxury vibe or whatever, and they capture the the desire of yeah. a lot of people's kind yeah. of, uh, 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 I don't, what, how am I trying to say this? Uh, they capture people's sense stuff of desire, to a certain like design. Like they, a Dell does not capture mm-hmm. anyone's desire. Right. They've Except stuck to Michael their Dell. design. That's like, you can see a, an Apple device. It looks a certain way. Yeah. They've had Super a certain style. So distinctive right? that, that everybody else copies them. hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how distinctive they are. There's something to be no. said for that, you know? Go ahead, you know, like when that all started, yeah, Apple was the one that brought some art into a into the computer game, mm-hmm. where most of the other brands were not. You know, not no. I I don't know, like Dell or they literally called the them ones. IBM clones. You remember that? I mean, they stopped calling that probably what after the like Gateway and stuff like that. They became their own companies, but for the longest time, they used to call them IBM clones, like all the different brands, even Gateway and stuff. And then there was Apple. Well, they had their even own stuff. like the early marketing and the ads they made. Remember, yeah. like I, they, some of those were classic, but that, those were art pieces. Those yeah. were thirty-second art those pieces and movies or terminology. I think Fang has something to say, though. He's been trying to talk for a couple. Go for Fang. Oh no, I was just saying, like Apple. I'm a huge fan. Like I like, definitely, I agree. Bring art into. Uh, a very left brain dominant, you know, world yeah. makes you stand out, and and uh, um, again agree with the fact that you know in cannabis everyone's just trying to compete for you know commercial. They're copying, stealing art, but no one's creating really innovation, innovating, and um, so yeah, it's uh, all about art. And I think, well, it's not all about art. It's about uh, balance between you know having logic and science hmm. combined with um creativity and art and imagination um one to one to like um discover and then the other to execute 
I think that it requires the balance. Um, can't really be one without the other. I think oftentimes in our society, we're more left brain dominant and we forget that, forget to address the right side. And so by re, you know, I have a whole theory on how to, how that works. Um, but yeah, finding that symmetry and creating that balance in cannabis is what it's all about. Yeah, that seems to be a truth. Yeah, I really, I, I really admire um, the ability to bring the, the artists, you know, who have brought such like amazing inspiration through glass. Um, a lot of the breeders that were mentioned today, um, who have kind of done it in, uh, have inspired me to kind of like do my own thing. And, um, yeah, I think just having, sorry, I'm getting like lost. I'm definitely a little, <laughs> I like it. on this show, we say you're welcome because we yeah. can nice and fucking toasted. Fuck yeah, bro. I'll roll up another joint myself. Have some weed. Um, smoke some yeah, manifestation, July 7th. That's it. it That's the way to do it. Soon yeah, to be found that, also yeah. on oh, yeah. Fumadaro.com, ladies and gentlemen. I just haven't had a chance to put it up. I'll probably put up a special page for it. You know, over time, I thought to myself many times, like, yeah, we've, like, burned through every possible name. What could, what could, what could still be out there? And like you said, it. you checked, and there was... And then that is like this perfect name, like so appropriate and right. And it means a like whole lot of, more than like yeah. out of like all the hundreds of thousands of people <clears throat> that have been trying to come up with a unique. Yeah, that's pretty. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't think that one would sitting there untouched. But Fucking wow. sticks. That's one that's thing that's good shit, bro. Do is crowdsource a name like. Oh, like free seeds and just come up with a name for me. Like they're so uninspiring to me. Not saying that that's a bad idea because I've been tempted, but I think that like something has to truly come from the heart. But like I, so I do this thing where I like have a list of names, um, to, to that I've brainstormed and I look to apply to different themes and elements and what I'm, you know, usually I just, I'm constantly come up, coming up with names, but, um, I'll search the name. I'll search like um, XYZ cannabis strain. And like 99% of the time it's already taken. Hmm. And it's, it's hilarious. Cause I mean like weed people are creative as fuck, you know? And so everything's well, been taken and everyone's. I, I think of this story and it's like a, a, I guess it was a dark strain that got licensed into Canada. It had like legit lineage. And then Canada sells it for medical weed to Australia, right? And some, whatever you call it, when a uh, team like this did testing on people. And so this strain that's called whatever, it, it's legit, it ends up as this product in the Australian medical thing called Topaz 25, right? Which like, had topaz and 20 they had no relation to it but that was the name that they uh you know what do you call it like a trial on people wasn't or that blue dream wasn't topaz right. 25 blue dream well 
that's think, not the lineage of this strain, right? But that's sure what a marketing is. team or whatever that did like a, <laughs> you know, product, uh, whatever name test it's on a amazing. thousand people and the name that they came, you know, thought was good <laughs> was that. And I thought, yeah, I mean, it comes to that at this point. You know, like some of those type of teams, yeah, they go to college to learn how to execute those type of test groupings and stuff. And some of that's, a win, you know, proven to win out too. Or at least they think because they spend money to on it. Topaz, Topaz is Girl Scout cookies to OG Kush. And they renamed yeah. it. Yeah, they renamed it. This whole story, which to yeah. me is like, wait. Even all the way in Australia, I think Girl Scout cookie in, in the OG Kush is going to have more appeal to a medical cannabis grouping than some name called Topaz 25. Yeah, it doesn't even look good. Like, uh, I sent it in the chat, in the private chat there, but uh, it doesn't even look good. Like, look at the kind of prices they're asking. It's crazy. But like a, a company, like a company, a marketing company is who came up with that name. Like as that was the name that was going to appeal to the most people. Like, it doesn't even look good, right? It's not even bids. <laughs> which at a certain point, you won't have to hire a company like that, right? You'll just run it through AI and I heard that, spit out uh, names to you. And I heard that. <laughs> I think uh, this is just. Uh, GW Pharmaceuticals? Is that who did this one, or is this a different company? Oh, this is horrifying. But, yeah, you're on the right track in the sense I heard that the medical what weed the in Poland was coming from Switzerland, and it was something like, oh, it was some dumb amount. It was like $1,000 a gram or some shit. Uh, no, it was some ludicrous amount. It was like, whatever amount we think it was, I think it was like twice that amount. It was crazy pants. But that was like their medical well, program, basically. I mean, I'm not part of that whole the whole legal thing, but I would think that if Canada not only exports weed to Germany for their medical program in mass amounts, like this isn't small amounts, Australia, and I think there's a list of other countries that Canada's, and because we haven't federally addressed this or whatever, we're like, wait, why aren't we exporting our stuff to these countries? Right, like why, like yeah, which seems like oh, well, that's pretty stupid because like, like I'm pretty sure Canada's profiting like massively, and it's a big thing for these companies of scale to to produce product to be exported to other countries, right? Like how how's like wait we're going to be the last country in the game like that's stupid they don't care because some alabama politician doesn't give a shit basically for him it's more important to be divisive and just you know stick it to the hippies and the freaking libs especially uh, when what do you call that our trade deficits all upside down well hey well there's a percentage we can, oh, can you imagine back? if we could sell legal weed like legal freaking like just uh say what you want well i guess flora is a californian but most of us right now are not in california but california has a strong fucking weed brand can you imagine if they could sell yeah. internationally fuck that shit would fly off the shelves in paris and everywhere else yeah. and even even like People states like, like michigan have built up like a it. reputation that would probably have an international appeal people like california right? it's uh, only in this country that people well, like california the words you know, that humble brand on a, on a mylar have, have 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 value oh yeah you know 
Other oh, than like yeah. every one of the fake Mylar things say put that same C H yeah, down. Our real like, shit. People, people want our shit, buddy. Regardless, they want well, your shit. No, my it shit. is a they brand. Everybody's it, shit. It, it, and even like that, California is like behind on interstate commerce. States like Oklahoma and other states are already focused in on that law changing and getting in on that. Where, like, as a Californian and in our stupid politics, we'll be last at the table to capitalize because we're fucking idiots here when it comes to politics. <laughs> Newsom closed your guys' deficit and shit. I don't know. California's well, a weird place. Yeah. It's a little I bit mean, of everything all at once. We go back and forth, you know, but a lot of um, times things don't get done. You know, we have though, a, you know, 38 million people, it's a, it's a lot different thing to control, govern, and regulate than. Mm-hmm. A state with six months. Well, considering that every though. every state is trying to get some kind of commodity to bring money to their state, right? I mean, that's business in the United States. Yeah, California has a lot to gain from from the federal uh, thing changing. Like it would be like a percentage of our growth thing. It, it, it would be in addition to 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 some of the losses we've had over the years. You know. So, like, yeah, I think we should be all about that. But, no, I don't see that as, like, a priority of Sacramento or Newsom or any of that. They're, they're like, some of those yeah. same uh, freaking Central Valley almond farmers would start to grow weed instead. <laughs> well, that's that's some of the play there. and I, There's a lot of plays in it. But I don't understand, you know, I don't see them, like, I, I know some other states, like, that's Oklahoma's whole thing. Like there's only two million citizens of of a red, pretty much red state that probably doesn't smoke that much weed. So for them to, and then they're a hub for shipping. So like that, I think their whole play as a state is to try to become like this, you know, distribution hub for other states, right? Interstate commerce. Which gets complicated because ultimately most states are going to say, well, why do we need to per- go to any other state to get our stuff? Just like I can't understand why Australia, Germany, or anywhere else doesn't produce their own shit and buys it from Canada. That seems like ridiculous. Germany may go illegal soon. Yeah. Uh, Mila was well, just, uh, she was just there. In fact, I was going to mention Mila because she was also way back when a tastemaker. She had her own like fashion shop and everything else. And I wonder if that was probably something that and influenced the her. the way I understand uh, the Ashby. European Union is how goes Germany goes the whole union. So when Germany goes, then all the other countries that some of those countries want to go, right? You know, but oh, not until the big mamma jamma Germany goes, then then the dominoes fall in all of Europe. Because, yeah, sometimes there's people on the shows that, like, I, they always point out, oh, yeah, we're in, like, it's totally illegal over here mm-hmm. still. Which seems like, wait, Europe's the most progressive place, especially parts of it. But even, like, we found <laughs> out, 
like we both thought Barcelona and Spain. No, he's illegal. U.S. There. Uh, people, every every country has its pluses and minuses. You know, it's very easy to just become kind of reflexively anti this or anti that or pro this or pro that. Like the U.S. has a lot of good things going for it, even though we have a lot of flaws. Our medical system is pretty uh, expensive and flawed. Uh, we can't see. There you go. Uh, cannabis is legal in 40 states, including recreational use in 23. That's awesome. Uh, I was going to say yeah. most other countries in the world don't have anything remotely close to the Americans with Disabilities Act. And so anybody that has a wheelchair or any kind of disability has a wheelchair ramp, basically has wheelchair ramp access to the building and also to the bathrooms and stuff so that they can relieve themselves. Whereas in many other countries, you're fucking shit out of luck. Good luck with well, you. Well, what I think why the federal thing doesn't go forward gets down to wait the other side's not going to want the other side to get the claim to all of history that they were the party that finally did this right so right now we all know i don't know that that's necessarily that big you don't expect any budge in this until the next president right because between now and the election no they're not going to change nothing on this no that's too big of a fucking issue that's going to like, well, that's the oh, thing. They're worried me. that it's actually going to hurt them as opposed to help them. I don't. I think it's the opposite. Well, I don't okay. think it's going to be like, oh but my God, for all history, we remember it. No, I don't the, think the rest of the, the world really cares is, as much oh, as we do. We're going to go another couple years, no change, right? Like, though they, they got a bill, yeah. they've been talking about it, but they're not going to do shit about it, right? Not now. Maybe in a couple more years. Well, goddamn, a couple more years? Like, what the fuck are we wasting time for? But again, be careful what you wish for. You know, what if they freaking legalize it, but only for pharmaceuticals? You know what I mean? They reschedule it to basically right right aid behind a pharmacy counter. I mean, as much as my whole life, it was about the first rallies in community of weed was like going to Jack Hare rallies in, in Westwood to pass different bills way before 215, right? But then ultimately, in my own life, yeah, what it came, yeah, I voted for it, but, oh, nothing good came from it. No, it's been whatever years, it's been like a, yeah, whatever it is, it's, it's to me, yeah, it was way, like when we say, oh, the good old days, yeah, it was before all this shit. Like this changed everything. It just keeps. It was like a negative ball rolling. It just keeps rolling. I, I hope it'll I don't change know again. Because <clears throat> you know, lately a lot of you know. stuff has become negative. I just read the other day, or t- actually last couple of days, that National Geographic is finally just kind of going to shit. Uh, they've basically cut off all their contracts for photographers. They just laid off all their writing staff now, and they're apparently going like online only or some shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, Disney is just cutting costs, cutting costs, cutting costs. And, you know, some people don't give a shit, but a lot of people that I know uh, over the years have spent a lot of time, at least I have spent, I've known a lot of people, and I personally spent a lot of time with National, Ge- National Geographic School up as a kid and i feel like they were a big part of my life you know so like the idea that it's just kind of dissolving into trash is kind of sad you know what i mean but at the same time that's part of life you know nothing is forever uh national geographic popped out of nowhere really there wasn't anything before that and something will pop up afterwards you know what i mean If, if there is a desire for that in the market somebody will probably try to fill it i mean that's simplifying things a little well, bit because of course someone has to create it but every still. once in a while i don't know i get random things on my instagram feed that are like pretty gnarly pictures that somebody took of somewhere around the world 
Uh, oh, they're still similar photographers. They're still adventure photographers yeah. and everything else. Yeah, but. yeah, and animal stuff. You know, like yeah, that's why a lot of those things have to cut costs because people don't necessarily need them anymore because they can. Shit, if you're interested in anywhere, you could go down any number of rabbit holes, right? I heard the other day that um, Pyrex is going out of business. Hmm. Pyrex. I believe that. What, how could Pyrex go out of business? They're, that's like cookware, right? Worldwide cookware. They've actually sold Bob it off and- a couple times. They sold the brand to some private equity company, and private equity probably really? just like racked it up with yeah and most likely it's not like you actually actually can't yeah no the 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 pyrex for the last few years has not actually been borosilicate glass it's just been tempered glass so like it'll totally break if you take it out it's not shockproof you can get the shockproof glass but i think you have to get it from france it's called uh I don't remember the name, duratex or something duralax or something i can't remember this is like a uh these guys have like a patent that not only that, I think the patents have actually expired. It's been a while. I think they're just one of the only factories that make it. It's just a little bit more expensive way to make glass, and uh, cheaper is better these days. In, in so well, and things. most likely, China has knocked it off and is selling the same shit all over the world. I and think so. <laughs> I, don't know. I was going to say that like it would. I, we were joking that we we're going to have to have some of our local glass artists start making um, oven wear for us straight up no you laugh but i mean there are industries for that kind of stuff i've had my eye for the longest time now and i just find myself just not doing it because i'm like dude you can't spend 200 something dollars on a, on a fucking frying pan but i've been eyeing these really cool cast iron pans from portland they're actually made in portland called finex and they're basically the modern version of uh what and i can't remember where i heard this a uh, Anyway, this might be apocryphal. I might be somewhat making this up. But I remember hearing that the Finex people basically started the factory because so many of their friends were cast iron pan bargain hunters, basically going to like antique shops and stuff and looking for the, what's the brand, the Grunwald and the fucking Wagner pans and whatever. There's a couple different old pans that were made like a hundred years ago and they have like smooth insides and everything. And they just, they're so fucking great to fry. They season really well. And uh, these guys, uh, Phoenix, were like, well, we're going to just fucking make those in our goddamn metal foundry. Hold on. Please yeah. hold. These pans well, are sick, by the way. I follow this hash maker guy, Simply Adam, and he, he Instagram. He has hash stuff all the time, but he's a total nut about these pants and, and goes and searches them out and has, like, sometimes he shows you him cooking in them, different sizes. I think they're the brand you're talking about, and some older ones, like because it's a thing, collecting these and and finding them, the real, the original ones that like these are things that last forever, right? They're taking care of their their, they, some of them are a hundred years old, they've been used forever, and they're, they're still just as good as they were day one. They have that really cool handle, that hexagonal shape. So they're really distinctive looking. And then again, the inside is actually uh, machined smooth, so it takes a really good season. Uh, lodge pans, for example, are fine, but they're not uh, smooth on the inside. You, you can sand them if you want, but most people don't know how to do that. It's a pain in their fucking ass, so most people don't do it. These guys, they charge you for the freaking uh, privilege. Plus, it looks killer. Doesn't that look sick, though? Seriously, it looks like both futuristic and retro at the same time. It looks like a weapon. <laughs> it does. 
I love I love my lodge, but I would love to have a smooth out one. Yeah. That's uh where is that at? Hold on, shop. Fourteen inch skillet, that's the well, maybe a twelve inch skillet, that's the beast right there. Fourteen inch is a pretty big one. Here we go. There it well, is. I mean, 230 all these look bucks. like things that would no. last you your lifetime and oh, yeah. your children's lifetime yeah, and stuff. Where, sure. like at this point, you have to search out these type of products because most products are are just basically disposable at this point. Like, yeah, you're not going like, to get this at Target. That's for sure. You know, and most or, people or it's actually toxic. Think about this: that a lot of that. Um, Teflon shit is completely toxic. Oh, this is very much undiscussed. Yeah, very much under-discussed. This is one of the reasons why I actually went to, one of the many reasons why I actually, and I'm not joking about this, when I went to organic growing for weed exclusively, basically, because of all of the, uh, how do I say it, toxins in the world, basically. And so I thought to myself, all right. Exactly. Some of the some of the pesticides I might use. I basically don't use any pesticides either. Some of the pesticides I use might get into my cannabis. Some of the freaking synthetic nutrients might in some way get into my uh, 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 cannabis. On and on and on and well, on. Well, no, I mean, Teflon haven't they proven actually that is Teflon really is bad for bad. you? Yeah, it gets into your yeah. uh, stomach lining and everything else. And uh, they say that it's safe, but as soon as you scratch it, even on a essentially microscopic level, it starts to slough off Teflon particles, the TPE particles, basically. Basically. And that shit literally gets in your gut. Whereas cast iron, you season it with freaking oil and nothing gets in your goddamn body except for your food. That's pretty. So that's they pretty just announced, do. or there's. To mention our body uses iron. Yep. There's a study that was saying that um, contact lenses and also like all that, like um, form fitting yoga pants and um, Under Armour, Nike type stuff. It's all made from like forever chemical BPA. Yeah, it's all hydrocarbon shit. Yeah, it's horrible, and it's all going into people's like uh, disrupting yeah. people. And There's another thing too with like vibrations and stuff. Of like, if we wear cotton and stuff, it's like a lot better for our body than wearing like polyesters and shit, where like it doesn't have the same resonance uh, vibration value. Like, it's not healthy for you. But for sure, yeah, it doesn't uh, breathe the same way. That's for sure. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, you're right. I was going to say cotton is one of the most heavily pesticided yeah. um, plants. So I love that um, I was seeing you were pulling up your apparel that is organic cotton. I mean, it makes a yeah. big I can't do them all organic because the organic is limited in shipping. But yeah, I'm, uh, most of them, I think, are organic cotton. Uh, yeah, no, I love it, man. Yeah. Keep doing what you're doing. Cheers, appreciate it. Uh, that's brand new, by the way. I just put up the T-shirts. Hopefully, people will buy some. People have been asking for the longest time, and I was like, oh, finally, finally, finally did it. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, go pick them up. Um, God damn, it's been a great show. I was gonna yeah. harvest tonight and stuff, and I'm like, no, I don't really have time to do that now. <laughs> it's kind of late. <laughs> Maybe I could do a little bit of work, but uh, you know what I can try to do? I could try to put manifestation on my website while we talk. See if I could do that. Maybe. Hop on, ladies and gentlemen. We are apparently having a late Manifestation is go for it. Manifestation is a strain and a and a shirt. Is that right? Correct. And a mood mat. And a what? And a mood mat. A mood mat. Interesting. Yeah, it's just a collection. Um, 
and it's uh mainly it's just a strain but we have a collection that we have a t-shirt to go what with. uh limited edition how how large of a release is that is that super limited or is there you know there's there are 100 packs 100 packs yeah i mean that's that's pretty limited though yeah <laughs> you know think about the world yeah, but all the things you just said are what defines it being like a luxury brand or like a, I don't even know if luxury is the right word, but like a, you know, premium brand, right? The, the shirt, the, the uh, mood mat, the uh, low number of them, supply demand is like that. Yeah. Like even the best thing, if it was like, like we've seen this in cannabis, some strains are that pretty damn good, but when they're grown to the point that they don't follow the supply and demand thing, people get over it real quick. Right. Right. So, like, why well, I think one thing cannabis hasn't accepted the rules of supply and demand economics that pretty much dictate all agriculture products, all a lot of products fit under this sector of economic rules called supply and demand and it's perishable so those are like three things i don't sure. think cannabis has considered that i right? was um like in every even in the cut flower industry you have the final cut flower um, producer and the and the retailer that actually sells the flower and the bouquets but then you also have the um breeder and the breeder is able to sell the newest varietal for maybe tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, if not more, because it's the next hottest thing. Then, of course, you have your distributors that are going to take those breed breeds and you know, um, or genetics and read, distribute them, tissue culture them, clone them, put them out into the world. They're going to charge a premium for that mm -hmm. service, but it's going to be less than what you pay for direct from the breeder of course and then as it disseminates into the world it becomes more of a commodity yeah but and what most people underestimate about the flower industry is it's the fastest commodity it moves the fastest around the world than anything else food is slower many things way slower flowers can be cut down in the field here and brought to this mark at like five six in the morning and like within 24 hours they they're People are buying them in fucking Rome and they've gone to a hub and they move so fast. They have a distribution network that is like crazy fast. Amazing. And, and because they're perishable, like they're perishable. Bottom line, each, each variety good for so long and, and they got to move quick or they're no good. But they, they manage it basically through the Netherlands. <laughs> and it's a commodities market. And it's like supply and demand. And there's these, you know, cannabis hasn't come to that. At this point, the biggest operator's solution to the thing is just to produce more no matter what. Well, in supply and demand economics, that, that, that's going to kill. kill. You, can, you know, weed producers, corn producers, you name it. All somehow come to a some terms amongst themselves to keep the price at sometimes a reasonable after thing. a huge sometimes after a huge bubble and a huge economic disaster yeah 
And somehow like, these are like things that are easily, uh, uh, this isn't new. <laughs> this isn't new. But somehow cannabis has acted like it, it, it doesn't fit into that. The supply and demand thing, it's, it's definitely that. And it's a perishable too. Like a lot of the complaint you hear repeatedly from people that buy products from the legal market, at least in California, is it's old by the time it gets there. Even the farmers say, yeah, by the time we do this, 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 and this. Well, wait a minute. You know how many products there's no time for that? They get totally regulated and, 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 and checked out before they hit the market, but they do it in record time because that's the nature of the beast. Cannabis seems to ignore all that. We're like on this weird broken system that they keep instituting that has like major flaws in its structure from the beginning. As like looking at it as a product and how to best bring that pu product public, which is what they're doing, right? And they seem to like just ignore common sense economics of or structure or whatever business and that's where a lot of the failure seems to be coming from yeah it's pretty um it's pretty grotesque what, when you start to learn what is really going on out there and you know like one one thing that i learned about commercial farming um in colorado in hemp is that it's commonplace for the farmers to spray their fields in between crops with roundup to just prepare their field for their hemp harvest, their hemp crop. And it's it's like, I was like, I, I didn't even know that that was, you know, would, I wouldn't make that connection. You think like GMO corn and glyphosate or whatever, but you don't think- No, they here's the thing. Monsanto got dissolved, okay, Bear owns it, but the amount of glyphosate continues to grow per year of production and distribution worldwide. So like, yeah, that's that's whoa. It's gonna like be the like the two hundred years or something, and, and two hundred years know, before it's out. Of, what's already there is out of the ground. I mean, less of it is being sold here. Oh, but we got a lot of countries around the world that that they force that shit on, and it, it's a terrible practice, and it, it's billion dollar game, and yeah, and. Basically, when they ran out, Monsanto ran out of places to go, they dissolved themselves into another company. Like we, people still say, oh, Monsanto, Monsanto doesn't exist, right? Like they, 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 and, they, and basically that, that, that left all those lawsuits just in limbo, basically, right? And they skated on, but the product is owned by Bayer and they, they're, they're pumping it out by more than ever before. Yeah. It's crazy how shit like that works. Bummer, man. <laughs> I think for the next 50 years, people are going to be saying Monsanto, and Monsanto's bad, but like Monsanto, it's God. That's crazy that they were even able to do that. Yeah. Really yeah, I don't know how long how long are the glyphosate that's already been poured on people's lawns for the last fifty years? Like how long is that gonna take before it's you know out of the water tables, out of the ground, 
you know it's like even if they're dissolved it's still it's still relevant Yeah. Not much, I just heard last year again something like sixty percent of the bees died, and at this point, it's fairly well known that it's the neonicotinoid neonicotinoid uh, pesticides. But the industry makes too much well, money. Apparently, I yeah. live out in like rural properties, and oh, you this year especially because man, the, we had a lot of rain, so the weeds grew crazy. There's still a couple. I, I'll tell you, old timers like. You don't see them doing it. Their Mexican workers are out there spraying, but they're like usually 80, 90 year old guys that are still maintaining some grove or what property. Yeah, they still use that stuff. And this year, the one spot that puddles in the road is the field that he uses it on. I, I literally could see that the water that's coming off the road puddles in this guy's field of fucking, and then drains to wherever it goes right and yeah he sprays heavy because oh no no weeds grow in that motherfucking property everything's fucking sizzled dead i know what you mean i've seen it you know like i uh, the younger kind of people now they don't it's like this old timers that been using that shit since whenever and just ignore what they hear about it or whatever i don't know it's stuck in their ways like i i noticed few properties that use it yeah it's the old timers and there's no talking sense into those guys I, you know maybe but no nah. they want that perfect lawn or that perfect you know but a lot of it gets into yeah otherwise you got to weed whack or do whatever no nah, you spray once and that's your good all year where i've already had to weed whack my nine acres or whatever twice this year and there's sections that needed a third time because we had a lot of rain and fuck those weeds go fast spray right. that shit you don't have to look back though that's it you're done the whole year <coughs> i guess that's appealing to some people like 50 gallon 50 dollar whatever bottle or whatever they do and some guy sprays the whole fucking acres and it just sizzles everything nothing grows there doesn't kill the avocado trees, but <laughs> there's probably you could whether no that kind of regulation didn't go on in avocados, but you could probably test that avocado produced in those fields that have been doing that for years, right? And that and that product be in trace amounts inside that avocado. Yeah, and these days you can get certification organic after three years of not spraying pesticides. I mean, these are 20-year-old trees. So they've been sprayed for how yeah. long? Or, you know, you took a three-year... With a shallow root system. That's another thing. So, like, yeah, the roots are pretty shallow. So, yeah. No, no. Now, most people weed whack. I mean, we whack. It's uh, shit. That's what most people do. But no, there's some people that's still stuck on spraying that shit. And have uh, dogs and animals on their property. And like, there's like, oh, no question that like dogs running around in fields that have that stuff end up with, uh, uh, what are those gross, like big gross and stuff. Um, 
there's a total proven correlation between tumor growth or whatever they call it on dogs and and that product. Yeah. And so can you only imagine what it does to people. Well, no, it's not it's not up for question. That's the suits and the like they were like it all came out. And then oh, Monsanto was dissolved into bear and on they go. Like, yeah, that's a tricky move, man. <laughs> it still didn't still didn't help the distribution. It didn't change anything though for distribution. Like all the brands that you know, like your favorite brand, General Hydroponics, right? Those guys they're still under that umbrella. So it doesn't matter if the name is Bear, Monsanto, it could be, you know, yeah. those are the no. There was no stopping that. And, you know, like ultimately, like I remember, like when that news of GH, because I used GH since like 91 yeah, or some shit, right? It, but then I remember that, yeah, those two guys that own that place that I think are actually decent people they weren't that bad of people they worked their whole life they were in like their 70s or whatever and there was that opportunity they got paid this massive amount of money for a company that's basically a couple warehouse buildings up in north like it wasn't like i mean i forget the numbers but they got this massive payment for their brand the name the reputation really not for like the facilities they had that 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 wasn't that big to be worth that much but like how could you knock them for taking that money there's your life's work yeah they now them and their children are are living a life where they're not money isn't their their problem right wouldn't that ultimate success like i said earlier yeah you can't really knock people for for getting there right because I think ultimately we're all trying to get there, right? That's the that's like the ultimate place. Whether you like luxury brands or just want to live in a bitchin' property and not be have any money worries for the rest of your life and can just do your thing every day, whatever it is. I mean, I think that's success. I don't know about being some ruthless billionaire. I you know that's a different choice but like trying to get like free of the daily grind of money which shit that's that's ultimately what the american dream's about right maybe i'm wrong i was gonna say that goal is like of like you know having that fuck you money or whatever is that piece of cheese that they dangle in front of you that keeps you running keeps you you know well hurt. i remember growing up as a kid as kids we say oh man i want to be a millionaire like you really thought one million dollars that was it you'd be set right. and then maybe at that okay, time in start. the 70s you were right today that that shit dude that that wouldn't put you very far at all i mean yeah yeah i could would be you know certain life changing right <laughs> but yeah. but like ultimately yeah if you wanted to stay there oh that would just be the beginning of needing to make a lot more <laughs> where yeah i don't even know where the limit is today like where is fuck you money like yeah i i don't think it's in the millions it's 
I don't even think tens of millions. You got to get about a hundred million. If you want to really have fuck you money and not be tied to money anymore, period. That may never exist, you know, so long as you're working yeah. in that system. Yeah, like we were saying, the money itself is like, yeah, that was my mom's business, being a business manager, the financial part. Yeah, people that have a lot of money, they, they don't pay their own bills and count, reconcile their bank. They don't pay attention to any of that. They're free of that. They don't even get nailed at home with their bills. They don't look at any of it. They, they look at monthly statements of it, glance at it to, to look, think that they care. But no, they, they pay people to do all that shit because... Well, that's just time and why would you want to do that? If you had enough money not to do that, well, fuck, I wouldn't do that either. And then those people are driven by a whole nother set of things of like, oh, well, you give us 15% off your gross annual or whatever, because we're going to make you like 20% because we're going to invest in this and that. And then there goes the ball of money. And Oh, we got to diversify. Well, this is, and once it's going, there's no stopping it. There's more people taking a percent, <laughs> even even the tax. Well, no, because the other thing, those people limit your tax liability massively. So the whole pitch is, well, yeah, fifteen's a lot, but it's going to save you, or it's going to, you know, benefit you more than that, right? Which is true when it's done right. And then that, but that's whatever. That's the ball of money. Once it starts rolling, there's no stopping it. Hey guys, um, I think I'm going to take off. I have to take off too. It was really good talking. I think that's, uh, that, that, that tears it. That's the show. <laughs> yeah, it's been, it's been, it's been a really great show though i mean a lot, a lot of good information discussed so Amen. i mean it's always great yeah. to you know i i think it cut through to like really good vibe love all the good shit of cannabis not the well, love, love even though we be, uh, touched on love, some love negative like things the, the, in the reality the odor of all this yeah like, <laughs> love is the odor <laughs> the, mo the motor the motor the, like the engine yeah you know, there needs to be love, like, yeah. love is like, that's what, I mean, yeah. it's all ultimately, that's, that's what it's, you know. Love is in the air. Yeah, you know, love and passion, what the fuck are you doing? Sometimes love's, love makes us angry, but we still love and. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I got to take off. You guys have a Cheers, Laura. Good to see you, buddy. Yeah. Good night. Yeah, see, see uh... Final thoughts, Fang, before you bounce here. This is the newest crea uh, creation, uh, correct? It's available, I think you said, July 7th? Yeah, it's available July 7th. Uh, currently, you can st uh, start to reserve it for pre-sale at the different authorized dealers. Definitely Fumadoro.com. Check it out. It's a hash-yielding plant combination of the Tahoe Cure, Tahoe OG, Grape Stomper, BX2, Credible Resinous, grapey uh gas and then cross to our triangle kush breath work which is mendo breath and grateful breath hmm. basically stacked lineage of all our best heirlooms put together uh highly recommend it grape stomper mendo breath grateful breath tahoe og triangle kush all put together 
It's um, limited edition. Please uh, support your local seed bank and uh, maybe get a T-shirt or a mood mat. Yeah. Well, I'm currently wait, trying to put the, to the products on the website right now. Wait, Literally it's 777, right? And then GG, like all that numerology stuff. I have different numbers that run my life's numerology, but I'm down with your numerology. I, that's a good... You're going to have to pick up a pack. Thanks, bro. Yeah, well, the other part I was going to ask you is, most likely I assume that that when you the name preceded you learning about the numerology of it all. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it happened very um, organically. So. The only thing that would be better is if 777 was a prime number, not a composite. In my numerology. Right? But, okay. It, it seems like it could be a prime, but no, it's a composite. <laughs> Three a prime number? Three is a prime. Yeah. 777, the true numerology of 777 is the trinity, which is 7 equals, uh, 7 plus 7 plus 7 is 21. 21 is 2 and 1. 2 plus 1 is 3. So that's the... Yeah. No, seven seven seven's a number for sure. It's like a certain numbers you just know are like have some meaning somewhere, and that's one of them. Yeah, I mean, like it's you hit that you you pull the slot machine and you hit that seven seven seven. That's jackpot, you know. Yeah. It's that's you hit divinity three times. But yeah, man, it, it's it's been true, truly a pleasure talking to you guys. And yeah, it's been a lot of fun. I enjoy it, man. I, Cheers. We should keep it going. Um, you know, check. I'd love to be back on the show. Appreciate yeah, you guys giving me the opportunity. Yeah. Good night, guys. Cheers, dude. Have a good one. Yeah. Thanks and very I, much. I know he's promoting the, the seed thing, but I I think he probably forgot. But the event sounds like it's going to be. The event sounds great. Yeah, yeah, it's a, basically just over three weeks. Yeah, I think I want to go. Yeah, I'm going to get tickets for it. Sounds kind of fun, actually. I was like, oh shit, I was going to stay in a hotel and stuff, but like, fuck, that's like about a few hundred dollars. Like, it'd be kind of fun to camp, actually. Well, wait, especially if you're going to get a rent a car to be out there too, right? Probably, yeah. Because right. well, honestly, when I went to that pretty, Michigan I'll fucking thing last much. year, the like, fucking I've Ubers were such a lot of, like, like, when it comes to, like a three-day thing, that means really like two nights. Yeah, I mean, it's great if you have all the camping shit, but when you travel, that's not always that easy. Mm -hmm. But it's pretty easy to make a car good for a couple days, like as a Excuse little campsite, me, uh, camp Enterprise? out of your car. Yeah, I need your sleepiest you car. Uh, yeah. Why? No well, reason. You know, just as like a you know car camping kind of deal, yeah. you know. And that's really all out. you're doing when you're at a fest or event, right? You know, have a car camping set up, and you you can spiff it up with a some uh, tarps and shit. You know what I mean? We'll see. Or bring a tent. I guess this is the Do kind people, of uh, the the months that the real good weather's in Michigan, it's beautiful and stuff. True. So. Good point. Well, yeah. Shit. Maybe I'll have to get a tent. Do people fly uh, with tents in their luggage? I bet they do. 
ladies and germs, uh, I guess we're going to freaking call it, my friends. Uh, Take a look uh, not only at seeds. You guys can also take a look at uh, T-shirts, my friends. Uh, For example, if you go to the Michigan show, uh, uh, pick up a couple T-shirts and uh, wear some fun uh, threads to the show, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, rock some Fimodoro, ladies and gentlemen, for a change. Take a look, my friends. I have a bunch of designs already. If you guys start buying some designs, I have a bunch more in the works. Take a look, my friends. Some fun t-shirts. Uh, Pacifica Days is a particular favorite of mine. Uh, uh, both designs, honestly. Uh, by the way, if you guys would like a t-shirt for <laughs> high noon safety meeting, you guys can wear a traffic cone like uh, like all the fun kids do. There, my website is finally working. There you go. We're a, by the way, my well, I favorite... Think, I don't know when you, you instituted this. seems recently, but I think it's a, like, a brilliant, not really, in common sense, like everyone else in doing you. what you do Cheers. uh apparel seems to be part of the brand you know uh like what even what fang says like a you know the whole yeah and strange shirts is the best idea there like you. thank you i always thought that when i was at the high times cup there was boost that did everything but back then there were, weren't that many like shirts that were just like hey a booth like, I'm used to Deadhead, so they have tons of shirts. But at the cannabis ones, there wasn't, like, a lot of shirts. Oh, oh there was the brands, the free giveaway that to, to support some brand. But just, like, cool cannabis shirts, you know, that it seems there's more of those that around today. But, like, 10 years ago, I remember thinking, man, if you had a booth at this event and just had whatever, like, designs that, that were cannabis uh designs uh yeah those would sell people were yeah they were hungry for that shit well i hope so ladies and germs take a look uh, i didn't even price them very high so take a look i only make a few bucks on each shirt so uh, don't uh, don't be shy ladies and gentlemen pick up a couple pick up one for your friends i even didn't say seed code just in case you'd want to be seen in a freaking weird place like what? Fumidoro? Fumidoro what? For fucking for weed shit? So anyway, you can have some plausible deniability, perhaps. I think that's a good idea, too. Well, thank you. Because, like, right. even, like, unless you say company, Seco, I think, like, where that's printed, it's kind of like, yeah. A little too obvious. Um, yeah. Okay. Maybe I could Masonic, print a huge Masonic on the is, back. you know, the store in Fairfax, that's what it does, is sell t-shirts there, like, you know. And he has, like, all these designs over the years. And most of them say Masonic. But never, only a couple say Masonic Seco. There are a couple. But most of them, he, he leaves that out. Because the art of the shirt, that's, that... I have to redesign this. Yeah. Yeah. And well, you know what? some of the art, I've you, you have a cool uh, eye for, like, the style you're putting out. It's not oh. like, you know... You can do it a lot of different ways, but yours are like a subtle art ish instead of like a in your face bright type of type of uh, art. I appreciate it. I hope that's a good thing. Yeah, well, cheers, I bud. think so. And then All also, right. by the well, way, have ladies a good and gentlemen, 4th of July. cheers, but hey, you too. Uh, by the way, D, I think will be here on uh, Saturday. He'll be doing the takeover, but in the meantime, we'll be here on Tuesday. Cheers, bud. Yeah, it was great tonight. I have left the show with like a good vibe on yeah, cannabis, man. which 
I'm <laughs> like, you know me, I'm a kind of a pessimist. Right. I've seen better days. It's so not it's all nice doom and gloom, a, right? Yeah. And I agree with a lot of what dude's saying. Like, yeah. It's weird because, hey, other than seeing him on your show, I don't know where it came from, but just my observation of cannabis, I didn't know dude or even what it was about, but I, I knew there was like some, like, yeah, there's, there's, he's, he's got his haters. We'll just say that. Drama. Right? Yeah, just like subcool right? a bunch of people, basically. I knew, uh, I, uh, yeah. You know, like, I just knew it existed. I don't know any of the details. I don't even care because it doesn't involve me. But then, so I, in some way, I might have had like a impression left on me from whatever noise I heard over the, or seen or whatever. You're not wrong. I, I heard the right? same thing. And, yeah. But then talking to the dude, I'm like, what Super the fuck? Man. Especially, yep. I, I, I didn't bring it up, but I thought it was something to bring up. It's like, okay, especially with the people involved, and he's in a trademark thing mm -hmm. that really might have precedent for all the whole industry, right? Yep. Right? Oh, but I doubt that the whole industry supported him, yep. and knowing that. But, hey, in other industries and other things, you, you know, those are the way things go sometimes, right? That's what you know groups of people do but in cannabis we, man we're definitely dog eat fucking dog dude yeah, and absolutely. like it, we're, like if we're trying to avoid this corporate takeover yeah we're there's a pretty bad job of it. it's like they don't have to do much man we eat ourselves yep. like where it doesn't seem like even the, the the biggest people can have like agreement on like you know that's what it would take like you know, the the bigger players to come together and that would bring a lot together, but they're too busy fighting for the, the last dollar they can add to their thing to, yep. to work together. That seems to be, because like when you see how other industries work, oh no, they have an alliance. They have different names for it. You know, they all have their own interests or personal things, but they can agree on enough to act together and cameras doesn't seem to have that representation and, yep. and that's that's no i that's agree with like, you uh, uh i often think that seed breeders and even farms in some cases are very analogous to restaurants even you know hopefully fine restaurants and most of the time, at least in, in my experience, I've never seen restaurants, well, okay, not never, but you don't see restaurants fighting with each other. You don't see them hating on each other. You don't see one restaurant really shitting on another restaurant. They, for the most part, let each other live. Even if they are competing restaurants and stuff, they just kind of let each other live. They might even honestly send customers to the other restaurants sometimes. Uh, and they definitely, the chefs and stuff, definitely eat at each other's restaurants and respect each other's uh, takes on things, you know, and share recipes and everything else. Whereas in cannabis, dog eat fucking dog, you wouldn't share shit to nobody, blah, 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 blah. There's no trust, on and on and on and on. It's really a, yeah. a weird vibe. It, it, it's, yeah, I don't, all, you know, but it's not like the end, like it's over because all it really takes is steer it back this way. A lot of these industries, like I like that he seems to pay attention to other businesses and history of those and incorporate that into his logic because yeah there's a lot to learn from that and and, and it's you know whether it's trying to model some cannabis off of wine or 
out of this or out of that, but it seems like we're directionless. Like, well, we sort of see it headed toward the lowest common denominator, right? Now, in all these things, there is always the lowest common denominator in wine and other industries. But then there's all the way up to the craft and above, right? Yeah, we're going to have to fight tooth and nail to achieve that. And most likely, if you go through history, all those brands, the, the finer the liqueurs and different products, that's what they had to do in the, in the early stages of, mm. of, of what they built. It wasn't like given to them, no, because yeah. that, that other side is, is, doesn't share. Now, they finally get to that point when they're big, and like you even point out, like the big breweries don't compete with the with that. that. But, oh, once upon a time, they compete, you, mm-hmm. you know, before they became so big that they don't, well, they just buy them up, yeah. right? And that's, you know, in, in cannabis, I think there's a lot of these bigger players that have already... Yeah, like I, I, I look at the Cookie Brand, I look at Jungle Boys, I look at a few others. There's a list of them. Yeah, they're positioned for that. Like that's 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 the way the you know modern success and all that works. Like, so you can't blame them. Uh, Jorge was talking about about how the genetics companies in Switzerland and wherever the fuck in Europe are, that are doing these huge proof of concept uh, uh, genetic uh, experiments are literally only doing it so that they can be bought up by some gigantic company. They don't care, really, exactly. about it, anything. They're, yeah. just, they're just trying to get a cash payday, you know? And then whoever comes yeah. next, they don't really care either. They're just trying well, to get I don't, payday. I think it was called Pure Something. It was like one of these multi-state operators, big player. It was on the Jungle Boys. Ivan had a whole thing about it. It linked to the story, but then he commented, that basically they went bankrupt, huge, hundreds of millions of dollar bankruptcy, biggest, huge thing. But like at that moment in California alone, they owed, I think it was like 54 million in to farmers basically <laughs> for the product that, yeah, that's gone. Like, well, like, oh yeah, you can get in line at the bankruptcy yeah. court, but guess what? Last. Uh, yeah. Yeah, like no one's getting paid. That money's gone, and and that that was a huge amount. That a bunch, like he listed all the names of pretty big players, like other operators that in my mind are pretty big growers. But that's who's doing business with the bigger company. That somehow, yeah, I guess he owed like so much in tax. There was some thing. It just kind of went away. But that's a another one of like massive losses. In, in early stages of like cannabis business like wow uh, how does that happen you know what I mean it left the, like all bankruptcy left a bunch of people hanging and that might bankrupt some of those people yep. and uh, yeah I don't know what's what's that's as well in some ways that's a good sign to this world I live in it's some of these people and big failures like that that might slow this thing down a little bit. That that because uh, it was one Let's of see. the bigger plays. I think it was called. I don't even remember the name. I think it had something to do with cure in it. 
if Flora was still on, he knows. Holdings or something. Yeah. Fuck yeah, Flora would know. But it, well, we're talking hundreds of millions of dollars, and and yeah, file bankruptcy. Boom, everyone's money's gone. I wonder if that's <laughs> beeping on and the guy will probably still be the, the person in charge is like the ultimate head of the thing is probably like all businesses oh yeah he, he took a hit but he he's still gonna live his million dollar millionaire lifestyle oh, flora's doing know? his own show at least he's trying to apparently his guest is struggling to get onto streamlabs right now so actually i forgot that that's why he left he's having a a, a guest from thailand i want to say i can't remember Anyway, he's trying well, to I mean, I'll have something to tune in. I've been drinking coffee. and That's it. With that same mug. With that same freaking mug, you see? All yeah. is not lost. And, yeah. Party at Flores, ladies and gentlemen, over in a few minutes here. I do have to do some work, so I should probably yeah, bounce here. Well, uh, in case we don't see each other, hear each other, whatever, it's the 4th of July weekend, basically. It's starting Cheers. tomorrow. Everyone be safe and make the most of it. That's it. Enjoy yourself. Cheers, buddy. Yeah, it was a good Drive show. safely. Don't do anything silly. Yeah. Have a good one, buddy. No, I, I lay low on fourth. It goes way back. Nice. I'll tell that story one time, but yeah. Well, I already told you, when me and my wife got detained, busted that first night, it was on the 4th of July weekend. Like, that happened then. And from that day on, we... We there were a couple concerts that we went to then, but as far as like going out local, no, we just stay home. Fourth of July because we had a bad Fourth of July twenty some years ago, and then we never went out on Fourth of July, not at all. The whole we would stock up and just stay at home and barbecue. Dude, it's or the whatever. worst. I think the worst or second worst for drunk driving and everything else. Yeah, it's pretty rough. A lot of, a lot of I mean, like I, I, I party every day. It, to me, all the holidays are like amateur day, and that's like not the day to go out, right? That's just not like whether it's parties at people's houses or whatever it is. Like, yeah, no, that's the amateur hour, like the legal holidays. For sure. There you go. That's it. But I celebrate them, but just at home. Yeah. I take that vibe. Like that's right. the day that the professional parties take off. That's that's your serious yeah. day. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> that day you put a tie on. <laughs> That's reverse day. Yeah. Cheers, bud. Good and you know, you. like like my one friend, I guess he's more of a right winger, but he's really mad because he's from Redondo Beach. You you've been down here, you know Redondo Beach. They thirty five year annual fireworks show. This year he's saying this to me because like I am a progressive one of these people but i know when some shit's so ridiculous that holy fuck but okay the environmentalists got got it done they shut down the fireworks because of the debris from the fireworks effect on the fish in the ocean hmm. and i'm going oh well wait wait we might be going too far i, I know there might be a little and same time they probably have reefs and shit down there like that those are pretty toxic chemicals maybe they were killing all the fish i mean we'll wait out of all the things that we're doing bad in the ocean i think one day of fireworks is so minuscule that's probably true too like the barges and and the fucking cruise ships now that's redondo now i know how this shit spreads san diego is the biggest fireworks on the west of the mississippi it all started the day that we called the big 
Bay Boom when they all blew up the same second. <laughs> uh, remember? Remember? Yeah. And now it's so big, they have four barges, and it's this huge thing. It's nationally televised. It's our proudest thing. You know, our city does the biggest bay, bay boom. And it's pretty spectacular, but it's all over the ocean. And I'm thinking, oh, once they get one ruling, because this is like some court ruling that they got. And, uh, yeah, that, like, and once that feeds across the country, that the crazy progressives in California is, banning fireworks because of the damage to the fish. Like, oh, that's not going to play well. <laughs> or maybe the sometimes fireworks it, displays will just be in the middle of Montana where there's no fish. Sometimes, like, I, I am a fucking Democrat, progressive, whatever, liberal, whatever it is. But, like, in the last so many years, I realized, yeah, some of our shit goes too far, man. We sometimes come up with some fucking stupid-ass ridiculous shit that is is even from my perspective too much you know what I'm saying? i would like to know how bad those fireworks are like i don't have any metric for that at all i have no comparison so i'm like does it kill one fish does it kill a thousand fish does it kill ten thousand well, i don't know does okay it fuck them up for life does it make them miss their mother i don't is know out, is out there doing doing uh whatever they do right a couple ordinances from them has got to be uh, you know, um, worse than some firework paper or the the burnt whatever it is. Oh so it's yeah, chemicals. Well, the Navy bases. Uh, and, stuff, and, yeah. and the truth is, yeah, I don't Jet know much fuel. about fireworks, but I know that what makes all the colors and shit is weird combinations of of uh, metals, minerals and shit, and stuff, metals, yeah. and most likely, yeah, some of that shit could be toxic as fuck really you know harmful to whatever species and like ultimately yeah i mean fireworks are cool and all but it's, it's, it's for like, one day a year yeah the, see that's my point it's like on the one hand it's like oh but it's our fucking fourth of july da, da, da. well yeah but you could also shoot them inland or something you know what i mean like you don't have to murder a bunch of fish well they i have no idea how trend, bad it is you know what i mean like maybe it's fucking harmless i don't know slow motion of the la basin every year and oh, there's some fireworks, but what they're really showing, it's like a trend, especially in all the hoods and neighborhoods. Yeah, there's like hundreds of thousands of people shooting guns off, right? <laughs> right? Where like bullets go up, bullets gotta come down. Sometimes on the news, they show that, oh, yeah, somebody's house went through the roof. Luckily, it didn't hit anybody. Um, but that's like this growing trend yeah. on 4th of July in the LA. It's this. <laughs> show of bam 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 <laughs> i'm like uh, yeah i don't know about that that's that that's, that's too pretty much. american yeah one or two people doing it okay but when it gets to be so many well eventually it's gonna hit don't people. they say I they have to constantly has. replace the bottom panels of airplanes because like uh, uh passenger airplanes because people are shooting at them ridiculous? Yeah, well, like remember <laughs> when i was telling you we squatted this property by lax and the reason they vacated these neighborhoods is to make it that on the way into lax i mean these planes were literally sometimes i think i could throw a rock and hit it mm -hmm. right it was right right we live west of century on uh right there right on the corner of century and uh yeah it, now it's just empty land 
which made sense. But at one point, there was like low house, there was cheap rent. No one wanted to live there. This wasn't bearable. Oh, the plane just goes over every once in a while. No, this was LAX, the busiest airport ever. And literally, the, you could see the writing on the tires. It was the back close. And one after another after another. It was crazy. But it was a good place to to grow. Like, like we felt safe there as far as that. Because, yeah, there's constant noise. I mm-hmm. think we, we there's way pre-CO2. Oh, there was a lot of CO2 in the air. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Look at these jet fuel terps on this weed. Where do you get this freaking amazing yeah. weed from? Yeah. Well, I mean, I look back and we had these other apartments right on the busy uh, freeway. We were t- we didn't understand why things came out like better than that. I look back and remember, yeah, the shit we used to grow some of the best shit at this one apartment. But we were moving air, and yeah, we were pulling air from a window that literally right the freeway. was right off the freeway <laughs> and an on ramp. And knowing what I know now about CO2, yeah, like if we had gauges back then, we were probably like right at that sweet maximum of of CO2 because at the time we had other things. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And we used to, like, even the fact that smell control was always a thing. Um, Yeah. When you lived in certain places like that, that that was less of an issue because there was definitely. Yeah, you know when you live next to a freeway. I uh, man, it's just smell a certain way. This is back before we had all these smog shit and all this shit mm. too. Oh man, it, it was fucking foul there. But we were young and didn't, you know, it was what we had. <laughs> it was cheap. That's pretty freaking funny. All right, we'll talk Cheers, again bud. soon. Good to see you. Yeah, everybody. Yeah. Ladies and germs, uh, don't forget to go buy yourself a t-shirt. Oh, by the way, I did fix the uh, shipping options. Uh, let's see here. Did I have it? Uh, okay, it's there somewhere. I don't remember. I'm a little bit tired right now. Uh, ladies and germs, uh, because my website is not super big, I don't have automatic options uh, one day, honestly. There is an option uh, uh, to switch to like calculated shipping and whatever, but I would have to be a bigger website and have a little bit more volume. So folks, you can honestly start helping out. You can go uh, uh, reserve some packs of that uh, manifestation. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, there's only 107 packs available, I believe. Uh, and uh, you can reserve yours here first, ladies and gentlemen. You get the same price as everybody else. Uh, and, uh, well, you heard it here first, too. If you buy a pack from here, I'll send in a little bit of a sweet freebie, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, something that only you will get for just basically buying that pack from me and not from some bigger seed dealer. Those people make enough money, ladies and gentlemen. How about you send a little bit of freaking Skrilla this way and I'll send you a freebie that you will really enjoy as a thank you. In the meantime, ladies and germs, uh, uh, don't forget to check out, of course, like I said, the t-shirts that I've just put on there. Uh, pretty affordably priced, if I do say so myself. I have a couple samples supposedly coming here on Monday. So unfortunately, I've redesigned them. So that's the older design. So I'll have the stupidest shirts and you guys will have the better ones. That's life. I'll have to order some more. There's some pretty fucking fun designs. Actually, the, the Pigris one makes me laugh every time I fucking see it. And I designed it. It's still fucking funny. Anyway, uh, take a look at the shirts, ladies and gentlemen. Wear them. Share them. 
giveaway, whatever, whatever you gotta do, uh, get some more t-shirts, they're pretty fucking affordable. Uh, if you guys would like other designs as well, please let me know, or other, other types of shirts, I guess is what I'm trying to say. I would like to make some hoodies and stuff, uh, I just haven't had a chance, honestly. Um, chance, did I just say? want to do more mugs uh let me know what you guys would like uh, uh you never know what people want until you actually hear from people uh so if you guys want mugs if you want uh what else uh, uh tank tops you guys want tank tops for the summer i mean summer's probably almost half over honestly but uh still if you want tank tops the fuck i don't even know whatever you want undershirts bikini bottoms for your fucking uh lady friend or for yourself i don't really give a shit uh whatever if you guys want Morgana on the back of kind of like pink, but if you just want Morgana on the back of bikini bottoms, let me know. We can get that arranged, ladies and germs. And again, don't forget there is also a high noon safety meeting T-shirt, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, join it, join it, get a T-shirt and join the high noon safety meeting, my friends. Uh, and then also, of course, uh, coupon code. Oh, by the way, I didn't even finish the fucking se uh, sentence. The shipping option for the T-shirts is literally t-shirts usa or t-shirts international so pick one of those <coughs> i think i will literally because again the way my freaking market sells and i just don't want to spend too much money on my website you'll have to literally pick your freaking thing otherwise i could you know like auto complete it and stuff if i paid more money for the website but it's it's a bunch more so for now ladies and gentlemen just pick your shipping option uh if you buy seeds uh just buy the seeds separately uh, and uh basically if you're in the u.s there's no shipping basically that's on me uh if you're international please do uh, pay for the i think it's just it's i used to try to be funny and i think people were confused by that i've realized now that you probably shouldn't try to be funny for stuff like that because people get confused and then you're there like what the what, what huh? and then they leave you know so ladies and gentlemen the seeds are more uh, uh explained i have to now double check that because now i'm second guessing myself but it should be a lot more clear international shipping da -da -da, it's like 2850 my apologies ladies and gentlemen it literally costs a fucking fortune although no actually i have been okay i'm actually still kind of struggling to you know what I'm just too high to explain that right now. So whatever, we're going to move on from that right now. <laughs> we're going to go back to the t-shirts. Uh, use the t-shirts USA, t-shirts international. Boom, Bob's your uncle. It's basically a flat rate if you buy one t-shirt and if you order uh, second, third, fourth, whatever, uh, it uh, adds per t-shirt. My apologies, that's a little bit idiotic, but it is drop shipped basically from the factories that send them. So pretty much that's that's how it is. Actually, they have a really good shipping price. So I have to be frank with you, like worldwide shipping to, you're probably not going to order from Afghanistan, but technically you could, uh, and it's I think $12. I don't pay $12 for fucking shipping to Afghanistan. I think I pay 30 or, or maybe actually Afghanistan might actually be more. But anyway, other random countries are like 30 but uh yeah so they obviously have a sweet deal uh so ladies and germs if you bought like three t-shirts that would be i think about 16 bucks something like that i might be have i might have that wrong off the top of my head but pretty fucking reasonable honestly for international shipping for u.s shipping i think that would be 10 something like that which is yeah it is what it is what what can i tell you i think at least t-shirts are cool ladies and germs hopefully in the future i can lower the prices we'll see i mean obviously i will try to because uh, uh as you can see i'm not making a lot of money in the shirts i would like you to wear them as opposed to fill my pockets with cash i mean you can fill my pockets with cash it'd be fucking super awesome but in the meantime put on some t-shirts it'd be super fun uh be a man shake hands with danger says ryan korkowski
Uh, cheers, my friends. Uh, cheers, Worthy Buzz. Good to see you. Uh, if I explode a fist bump, does that count? Probably. It probably does. Cheers, Pip Jam. Good to see you, my friend. Uh, welcome to the show, and also goodbye. Good to see you, Stony Creek. Uh, who else in here? Robert Greenfingers hanging. Good to see you, buddy. Uh, who else in here? Operation Annihilation. Even forgot to say hello to you, so hello and goodbye. Effin' with my frickin' effin' kelp. Uh, don't F with his kelp, ladies and gentlemen. You heard it here first. Bob E in the house. Cheers, Bobby. And, of course, Southern VT Grower. If I've forgotten to shout you guys out, my apologies, my friends. Not a bad day, honestly. I went uh, kayaking for a couple hours earlier before the show. That was a lovely uh, afternoon. It was a little bit hot on the water, but uh, yeah, nice breeze and stuff. It wasn't actually that bad at all. Uh, there's going to be a heat wave coming. I'm, I'm curious if it's going to be miserable on the water. It might actually be kind of fucking shitty next next week. We'll see. It's like 97. That's too hot for us Oregonians. Or us Northwest Oregonians, I guess, down in, in the lower East uh, East Said. I guess it's a little bit hotter, but uh, up here in the Northwest, it's pretty fucking uh, rainy most of the year. Pretty chilled most of the time. So when it gets hot, we're like, oh, fucking, we're melting. Ladies and germs, uh, oh fuck, I didn't, I didn't finish. Okay, hopefully after the show, I'm gonna put the manifestation on. The page I think is live, but the products are not. So, ladies and gentlemen, do check out manifestation. I will hopefully remind you. I guess on Saturday. Uh, can I participate in the takeover? We'll see. Uh, I will be. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Because honestly, it would be nice to have you guys buy a couple packs. Honestly, because uh, pretty much, if you would uh, buy a few packs, I think that would be a very good thing. Because maybe we can uh, potentially sell some more Gage Green Genetics on this site in the future, ladies and gentlemen. So take a look, my friends. Uh, like I said, you'll get a better deal here than anywhere else. Not price-wise, because that's basically not allowed. But I might throw in a little bit of freebie. Uh, uh, hint, hint. Wink, wink. So, ladies and germs, uh, coupon code BRAINS, D in his sleep right now is saying BRAINS, ah, for 14% off, ladies and gentlemen. That's basically a loyalty loyalty discount, uh, my friends. But that only really applies to the uh, seats, now that I mention it. It doesn't really apply to the shirts, does it? It could, honestly. I don't think it does. It could. I'm really not sure. I'll have to check one of these days. Anyway, ladies and germs, I know it does apply to the seeds. It does not apply to the Gage Green Genetics. That is explicitly, was explicitly made clear to all the uh, uh, potential dealers and stuff. No discounts, blah, blah, blah. So, ladies and germs, no uh, brains on that. Uh, otherwise, though, my friends, thanks for hanging with us. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. I think it was a great show, honestly. Like, how often do you get to chat with uh, freaking Gage Green Genetics for like four or five hours or whatever we talked about? Four hours, I think. Ladies and germs, come on, honestly. Tell your friends, like, share, and subscribe. If you guys have thought about reporting this show, don't, because honestly, it just makes it so much more difficult to do this show. If in the past you guys were trolls and you want to reform, come on, the, the light side is better. You guys know, you know, you know the whole Star Trek, I almost said Star Trek. <laughs> that would have been bad. You guys know the whole Star Wars mythology, ladies and gentlemen. Star, the dark side seems more powerful, of course, in the short term and so on. But it blinds you, ladies and gentlemen. I still think Star Wars is a ripoff of Dune, though. I have to be honest with you. Thanks for hanging. Be kind, be decent, be gentle, my friends. Do not be fucking dicks, pricks, dicks, pricks, or lunatics. 
do something nice for someone, ladies and gentlemen. It won't, it won't kill you. Hopefully it won't kill you. I mean, if, if you did something nice for someone and it was like somehow toxic, that would be bad. I don't know. That, don't do that. So, ladies and gentlemen, do something non-toxic that is nice for people, uh, someone else, uh, even if it's yourself. If you haven't done something nice for yourself, you deserve it, ladies and gentlemen. I'm sure you deserve a, a treat for yourself, whatever it may be. Uh, uh, buy yourself a course. Buy yourself a, a class somewhere. Buy yourself a new uh, skill. You know, it's always fun to pick up a new skill. Uh, there's all kinds of websites online where you can pick up all kinds of skills. Pick up one of those. I don't know. If you guys don't know one, I'm sure I could tell you one. Treat yourself to a nice dinner somewhere. I don't know. Doesn't have to be. You don't have to go out with somebody. Just treat yourself to. I, I was talking to a friend of mine uh, the other day. I've seen so many women individually, like by themselves, at brunch or whatever. They just take themselves out to brunch. And uh, I, I've talked to some, you know, women friends of mine. And they're like, yeah, yeah. There's a whole new thing. Like, uh, it's basically an empowerment kind of thing. It's also just like. A lot of times you don't have a friend available at the moment to, to go out. And you just kind of feel like going out and the stigma basically is wearing off on and on and on. Plus, it's also a, a kind of comforting to uh, be comfortable in your own skin before you are comfortable with other people's skin, to kind of like your mama. Uh, yeah, that's a joke in progress. But anyway, interesting. Interesting to see it. If they can do it, ladies and germs, you can too. Go out and treat yourself. Uh, uh, tell them Fubidor sent you. They don't fucking know who I am. But it'll be funny to, to pretend that uh, my name is super famous. You'd be like, you don't fucking know who Fubidor is? Jesus H. Christ, I want a discount. Fanny packs would be kind of a funny idea. I don't know if that was intentional, Stony Creek, but I wonder if I could do fanny packs. That'd be pretty baller, honestly. Can you imagine Picris? <laughs> and you're like standing in line at Disneyland. Like, What's Picris, Daddy? What was that? Ladies and germs, until we meet again, this has been a special edition. Potentially, uh, I don't know, if you guys like the Thursday show, it might be a regular thing. If you guys don't like the Thursday th uh, show, maybe it was a one and done. We'll see how it goes. Let me know, as always. If you guys actually do like the show, please do let me know. Because I've been trying to figure out what to do with the Wednesday evening show. It's just been hanging in limbo and all that kind of stuff. So, in the meantime, it doesn't mean that Thursday is going to be a regular thing. Because I, I noticed that like Eagle has a show now and stuff like that. So, eh, it's not exactly a totally free hour. But still, see... Tell me what you think, I guess is a better way to phrase that. Tell me what you think, if you enjoyed it, if you think we should keep it up, if we should do it every other week, or if we should do it uh, every once in a while, for example. Fyodor presents special edition of fucking Fyodor shit. That's an option too. Anyway, let me know how you feel about it, my friends. Every time I ask you guys, hardly anyone ever fucking tells me what they think. I do appreciate your guys' comments, so please do let me know. If you guys would like to uh, email me, Fumidor at chronictable.com. If you guys would like to DM me on Instagram, Fumidor underscore Chibidor. Please do remember that I am honestly kind of terrible with Instagram lately and avoid it sometimes for a few days at a time and also sometimes forget to follow people and everything else. So if I don't see your message, it's not because I'm ignoring you. It's just because I'm an asshole with Instagram, basically. So you can blame that. Actually, blame Mark Zuckerberg because he's kind of a prick. Uh... Copy your mama's fanny pack. Everyone likes that one. That was worth saying. Good one, Stoney. Adios, big ears. Uh, later, gators. And, um... Roast uh, Put a little bit of sour cream on it. Perhaps some bacon bits. And, uh, enjoy. Enjoy.